if you just you're an educated person like you yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> no before you even go on no i'm not let me i let me tell you exactly what i am i'm creative i like to read books i love to have conversations with people i meditate i've done some drugs <laughs> There's just a lot of absolute yeah. nonsense. You can't be like, told you so. No, no, of course Welcome to the Any Last Words Pod. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. A very special thanks to everybody that will be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. And please do not forget to follow us at ALWPod on Instagram. The God of Me honors the God in each and every one of you. Thank you, Paige. You're welcome. Thank you for being here today. You have that opening down. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just one of those things you just say it a bunch of times. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think that I thought about you the other day before you had... No, no, no. This was after you had actually reached out. Um, I thought that something had happened to me. I experienced something really by proximity. Like I wasn't the main character in this story, but I was close enough and the way that the process went, I was looking at it from the outside, even though being in it, and I was thinking as I was observing it, this is something that Paige and I should have a conversation about. The reason being is because during our last talk, we talked about truth. We talked about trying to gain a better understanding of truth and being able to have a a deeper connection and relationship with truth and not wanting to sweep things under the rug as much as maybe we have in the past or we've seen people do. It's just not very fun. Not For some people, lying is a place of comfort. It's just... Let's just get rid of everything that could possibly make us feel uncomfortable at any point in time. And that's how a lot of people like to live. That is very, very difficult, if not impossible for me to do at this point. Like I just that's just not it just goes against every fiber of my being. It's I try my very best to just not be that person. Yeah, it's also just not natural to lie for me oh yeah that's what i mean like i feel like there's something yeah there's something within you that doesn't want to live inside of those borders would live within a lie yeah because i think people um they lie because they don't want to hurt your feelings even though that's gonna hurt your feelings i'd rather hurt people's feelings with the truth than a lie right okay so a lot i guess a lot of people's idea would be well if i lie to them they'll never know like, they'll never know the truth, and therefore they'll never be hurt by the lie, right? Because that's what people are trying to do. I don't want to hurt you. So they're trying to devise a lie to keep you in the harmless lie forever. Yeah. Because they never think about you actually figuring it out at any point in time or just anything in life that happens that divulges the truth to people. Because mm-hmm. it happens, right? It doesn't have to be me coming telling you the truth. Some Something's going to happen. You're going to figure it out. So this is the way I'll try to tell this story. I gotta try to. I gotta be vigilant when I tell this when when I tell this story because I want to make sure I give people the space and I don't do anything stupid here. Let's say that I have 
I have a guy, I have, I have a, I have a woman friend and she is, well, last I heard she got out of, she got out of a, a breakup in the past few months and the reasons were very complicated as to why, but that person, my, my girlfriend had zero intentions of getting back with that person. Or so it seemed, at least through conversation with me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then a couple of months went by and I'm at work and I receive a lot of text messages from various text message threads. One of them is from said girlfriend of mine. Uh, Another one is from a friend, a mutual friend of ours. And then another one is a very large group chat with said girlfriend, the intermediary friend, and a bunch of other people. So I looked down at the one that just came from the mutual friend. And that person said to me, hey make sure that you respond appropriately in the chat. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So, so I go to the chat and I see that this friend of mine that had been in a breakup a couple months back is getting married. And not only are they getting married, but they're getting married to the person that they that I just knew them to have a breakup with. Hmm. So clearly in my mind and in the minds of all the people in this chat is what the fuck is going on? You haven't known this person that long necessarily. You as far as we all knew, you guys have been broken up. And not only that, but now you all are engaged. Now, the text message that came to me, respond appropriately, please. Clearly that came to me because it was like, hey, somebody, we should hit Earl first. Like somebody, like go text Earl and make sure that he doesn't say anything truthful. Oh, right? You're going to be like, didn't that just end? <laughs> I would, yeah, like I probably would have said Something aside from what everyone else said, which was a slew of congratulations, super happy for you. This is going to be the most amazing thing ever. Rainbows and Skittles. Mm -hmm. And so I need to have more conversations with human beings and figure out what the fuck is going on in life. I'm trying to figure out where we all stand and where we all draw the, the lines and the borders and the boundaries of what is acceptable for friends and family that say that they love each other and that they support each other. What does real support look like? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that I ju I'm just supposed to clap my hands and say, this is great and not question you? Am I supposed to challenge you? No. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Right. Why do you, cause you're very, you're just with a lot of conviction giving me answers. Why is it? No, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to challenge. Um, just, or is it a time and place thing? So, first of all, time and place. 
Um, I think that's important. That's why maybe the person prompted you to just be like, hey, this isn't the place. Right okay, here. not here. Because uh, if there's more to the story, clearly. Right? Okay. Um, like you said, like you need to talk to more people to figure out like what's going on. At the end of the day with relationships, relationships are really complicated. Right. And at the end of the day, it's no one's business. That's very true. Yeah, they want to get married. They want to, they're going to get married. That's very true. What does true. That have to do with you? That's very true. So... My so you're right. So the question is, so what does it have to do with you? So this is where I'm trying to get into the the delineation between loved ones, friends, family, acquaintances. So when you when you meet someone and they're a stranger, you have zero say so at all about what it is they're doing. Maybe you'll make a citizen's arrest if you see them just beating the shit out of someone. You'll go and stop that. But outside of that, and maybe not even then, but outside of that, you don't really have any say so. You have no jurisdiction in their life at all, yeah. right? Then they become an acquaintance. So now it's just someone that you kind of hang out with. Maybe you guys casually go have drinks when a bunch of your other coworkers are having drinks. Maybe it's one of those types of things. Probably still have no jurisdiction at all in what it is they do, but you guys enjoy each other's time when you're around each other's presence. Cool. Then you'd have to step into what would probably be like a friendship outside of the acquaintanceship. Then the question arises, well, what jurisdiction do you have when you all call each other friends? Do you, because what is the difference between a friend and an acquaintance and a stranger? Like there has to be some leveling up of jurisdiction or a role played in that person's life to some degree. So then it's, well, if I'm a friend, Maybe it's not unsolicited advice I give. Maybe some people are saying no. Solicited advice or unsolicited advice sometimes needs to be the thing when you see them making a very bad decision. Like, you didn't ask me if it's a good idea or not, but I feel like you should put the crack pipe down. Right? Like, like you didn't ask me for my opinion, but I, like, I'm a friend of yours and I just feel like maybe don't smoke crack. Like, I don't know. So that doesn't seem like it's out of bounds, right? So then if they're family or they're really close ones, right? Like you've been friends with them for years and years or they're a family member or something like that. Then it's like, okay, what is your jurisdiction there? Yes, ultimately, there's nothing you can do. If they're going to get married, they're going to get married. You don't have to live with that person. It's fine. It's whatever. You go live your own life. But if you are to call this person a loved one or a close one and they respect counsel or maybe you would hope that they would respect counsel from those people that are close enough to them i guess i should attack this from a different angle i respect honesty and i also well yeah just above most else i respect honesty and i would find it weird that if i was honest with a friend of mine or just a loved one of mine and they didn't respect the honesty there would have to be a bigger conversation that needs to now happen. Because I'd be wondering why when I said something honest, you had a huge problem with it. It could be something about my delivery being off. We can have that sort of conversation. But the honesty itself, for you to to decry honesty being presented to you, that would like send me a red flag. Like, What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think... Um, not necessarily a red flag, but it's hard for people to, um, 
understand difficult truths, maybe. Okay, difficult truths. Especially if it's, like, about yourself. Maybe if you're already struggling with that truth, like, um, uh, like, accepting the truth for yourself. Maybe if you're having a hard time, maybe it's in the back of your head. Maybe if you're trying to work on it and someone brings it to you, it's really easy to be defensive if you haven't um, thought about it for yourself, like, completely. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it's something that you're really not trying to think about. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to ignore that truth and yeah, just coast past it yeah yeah but and have so have you found yourself in these positions right where you you are the truth bringer and yeah, sometimes yeah but um like you said you have to know your jurisdiction like is it something that you can police like is <laughs> yeah that's a good way of putting it is it even your responsibility or business to police it like mm-hmm. i feel like ultimately if you're bottom line or the point of uh, confronting that person with whatever uh, questions you have, whatever help, maybe help you're trying to give them, is that a, is it genuine? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you approaching that person just, like, to find out their business? Like, Oh, yeah, I, no. I just feel like, you oh, know, yeah. sometimes people like to maybe have a conversation with you, uh, like, just for their information. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's weird. So... Um, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, so if your intention is to, like, genuinely, honestly, uh, help the person in a genuine concern, and you feel like it, you guys are friends, um, you're at a place where maybe you guys have never had a tough conversation like that. However, um, it's worth having if you are concerned about the person. Um, but you have to, I, I think, what you say needs to be tactful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how you approach it needs to be, you need to consider that, be mindful. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah, it can go south real quick. Yeah, yeah. I think, And I think that that, uh, it, it, actually, this is really funny because I was having this conversation with someone yesterday. And we were talking about truth and people wanting to just bury themselves in lies and, you know, not look up. And that makes sense. Uh, like, it's, it makes logical you can make a rational argument for why you would want to steer away from certain truths like you can make a logical uh, a rational uh, debate for that being you don't know how much any given human being since we're all so different you have no idea how much any one mind can bear right and so that's that's a real thing like a certain type of truth or a certain amount of truth manifested in whatever way could be too much for this hard drive to to work with it, like you may blow a fucking circuit and like if like yeah like you could see people going off the deep end if they had too many truths at once or maybe just one really large truth that they're not ready for or as you said it was presented to them tactlessly so yeah i mean i these are definitely things that have to, that's very true that's yeah. very true yeah man i that's the one thing that having conversations with so many people has definitely taught me is that patience like i have to slow down because sometimes i'll just be talking at a mile a minute and i'm trying to my mind is processing information and i'm just trying to have exchanges with people at the same rate in which it's being processed and that's just that's no way to do it. Like sometimes you have to slow it down and consider that there's a ton of other shit going on inside of other people's minds 
and in their hearts and stuff is weighing on them. And then if you're just someone that happens to spew truth a bunch of the time, you have to be aware of what sort of toll that may be taking on the person across from you. Yeah, for sure. I think I've always, um, I mean, I've always been told like by my friends that, um, uh, like I'm pretty straightforward. Oh. Um, and like since you were young, you've been told this. Yeah, pretty okay. straightforward. Like, like straight up been told. Like, I'm not comfortable coming to you with my problems mm. because, um, I just pretty aggressively will tell them what I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but I understand where they were coming from because I don't want to be in a place where like my best friends don't feel comfortable coming yeah. to me for things like that. And then, I mean, that goes in many circumstances. Like even when I'm talking to patients. Um, I can't be aggressive with them because they're going to resist me as a um, as their provider, treatment provider. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, being mindful when you're talking to people is like is so important. Not saying like I <laughs> I definitely haven't had the most virtuous characteristics when approaching people with like hard topics mm. and things like that. Like like if like I get frustrated. Yeah. And if it's like a constant a repetition of just something that's not serving you, mm. I can definitely be like, well, I don't feel bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, doing that in the hospital is crazy. <laughs> like, I can't no, do that in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's one of those yeah. things you can't do. Just yeah. like, yeah, well, you know, I told you to stop doing that like two months ago, so. Yeah. Like, so, that would be wild. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, of course, in the hospital setting, I'm very much aware of that. Of course, of right? course. But sometimes with friends and family, um, you want to feel like you can be honest with them, but how you approach it is, is everything. Not what you say, how you say it. Yeah, it's very, very true. It's very, very true. Yeah, so that's so that's that's my thing as as of as of today is learning, gaining more patience, slowing myself down, and realizing that no matter no matter what. I'm willing and ready to just confront at any moment's notice. Like that's just, that's just not people's reality. And you can't just, you can't just be going around hunting the truth with everyone at all points in time. Sometimes people just want to relax. They just want to fucking just live into some degree of fairy tale world. Now we're all, lodged in some narrative like we're all lodged in some large bit of fakeness right because again if you were to just drink deep the horrors and the truths of life at all points in time you would probably seem very off if that's like all you were ever concentrated on if you're constantly combating lies it's just is it worth it it's yeah. just like let the person lie. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've definitely felt that way before, and I've had friends be like, "Yo, why are you you realize that like that person be lying, right? Like why are you why are you ever be around them?" I'm just like, "Yeah, dude, I know that they're lying. That's why. Like there there's a there's a certain point where you can understand why people lie about things, mm-hmm. and if they're not lying about too many of the wrong things." then it's not that big of a deal. Some people might say, well, just lying in general is lying about the wrong things. But people lie. People lie all the time about all different sorts of stuff. People want to look good in front of you. 
They don't want to ruin chances of opportunities in the future. They're going to lie to you about stuff. The smallest things, too. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Things that don't even need to be lied about, so. All types of things. I don't care what kind of car you drive. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, but, oh. but if you... And, and again, this is why my conversations with people have allowed me to understand the worlds that other people live in. Because I and, and you clearly don't give a shit about what car, like you driving whatever, if you drive a Maserati or you drive that Toyota, it's it's not going to make me want to be friends with you any more or less. It truly isn't. Exactly. Like, I'm looking at a completely different spectrum of ideas and qualities and characteristics. Like, that's just not even on the playing field. But if you live in a world where, I sounded like that movie, dude, in a world. Like, if you live in a world where the people that you surround yourself with, which is like your world, care about the watch that you have or the belt or the the, the Gucci slides or the, the, the car you're driving or the new job, the promotion, the, whatever woman or man you have on your shoulder because you treat them like an accessory too, like whatever if you're wrapped up in that world yeah when you go meet other people you're going to be trying to exude those things because that's what you know like and it's she, not a habit for you yeah it's a habit like that's the world you live in she must care about how much money i make yeah maybe that is their reality because they tell it to themselves so many times yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. so so everybody's stuck some like everyone's stuck somewhere in some little bubble of life believing whatever is in there but you know so that's just something i've tried to become a little bit more cognizant of so going back to this i haven't said anything to this person yet about their their uh pending marriage um but when i saw the text appropriately my whole thing was so are you telling me that lying is appropriate in this circumstance or or is it just best that I say nothing, which was what I opted to do was say nothing. I didn't want to start off with a lie. Like, I, I don't want to start off with a lie and then later on tell you that what I said earlier was a lie so that we could get to this point and I could tell you the truth. I'd much rather just say nothing. And then when we talk, I ask you questions because the reality of it could be that I am happy for you. And congratulations. If we get to that point in the conversation where it makes sense to me and I'm like, oh, OK, yep, didn't know that was missing that part of the puzzle. Oh, yeah, this makes complete. Oh, yeah, I'm super happy for you. When's the wedding? Like, what are we going to what, what's going on now? I'm on board, but I'm just not at that point yet. And I don't want to fake it like I am until we have that discussion. So right. that was that was my idea about that. Right. Like, yeah, you don't. I mean, if it's like if, if you feel like it's your jurisdiction, like you said, mm, yeah, genuine concern for the person. Right. Um. The group chat, maybe not the best place to ask, but you have genuine concern. It's not a bad question to ask. You just want to make sure that the person's okay. Um, they're okay with their decision. Um, I mean, I don't know. People, I feel like what? people just don't want to be alone. So, you know. Oh, oh this is going towards some of the possible Reasons. intention I, I yeah, behind. Yes, 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 yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I think that's something that a lot of people were, f that idea was forced on a lot of people during the quarantine. Yeah. And you don't, like I said, like you don't know the dynamic of the full dynamic of their relationship. You never could. Yeah. And is it your, is it our business to even ask? Like, well, that's, that's the whole, so that's the conundrum is 
I don't know the level of inner dialogue that that person has or the level of external dialogue that they have with their significant other. So I don't know what they're making of what it is that they're doing. It's not my, this is, this is where, again, it gets tough. This, the, the, the paradox of it all. Why are we friends? That's a question that we should, that we should ask people. Like, okay, what is the intention behind our friendship or our relationship in whatever way it manifests itself? Our relationship. What is the intention behind it? What, that's the question we should ask each other. What is our jurisdiction in our relationship? Like, let me know that now. I'm just going to start asking people that question. Like, what am I allowed to say to you and, and how and when? Like, we should start having those conversations. Like, do you want me to tell, like, if I see you about to make a decision and clearly I don't have all the pieces because I'm not God, so I can never have all the pieces. But if I, with my rational mind, cannot put together anything resembling ration, rationale and, and a sound thought process through what it is you're doing. If I can't put that together, would you like for me to ask you how you're putting it together? Would you like for me to question you at all? Or if not, you just want me to just just clap and say, yeah, that's great. That's a great thing for you to do. I hope I hope it goes well. Because you've also seen people in relationships and then, like, once some people, like, break up, then they'll be like, oh, man, I'm glad that's over. Now I can tell you how I really feel about that person. And so, like, are you supposed to wait till things crumble and then be like, okay, hey, listen, by the way, I thought that was a bad idea the whole time. Glad you finally caught up to us. Right. You know. Well, you don't want to seem like a hater. You know what I mean? Yes. But if they're coming to it's a difference if they're coming to you with a problem and. They're asking you. Yeah. So I think that is a situation where, yeah. You okay. So when it is solicited. Okay. Right? So so Solic- that's. Yeah. They okay. Just solicited. However, um, like you said, like, let's let's start this conversation with a question. What are you comfortable talking about? Just mm-hmm. so you don't feel attacked. Yeah. Right. Because that's an easy way for conversation to be shut down. It's like when you approach someone with a conversation they're not ready for. So I don't think it's a bad idea to be like, hey, I, I want to talk to you about something. Um, it's in regards to your relationship. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to step boundaries. Mm-hmm. However, um, I just have a genuine concern. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to, like, like, let them know that you're coming from a good place. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And it gives them an opportunity to be like, hey, I don't want to talk about that right now. That gives them a chance to leave the conversation, maybe think about it for themselves because they haven't, right? And then maybe they'll come back to you and be like, hey. Um, I'm ready to have that conversation now. That's a better way to um, go about it. That has been my issue. And and this is now, it'll all tie together. When I talk about what's going on in my mind and how I'm processing it, it's usually going by pretty fast. Like I'm I'm having conversation with myself, like ideas are being distilled into something that I can do something with. And then I'm, relaying that information to whoever it is I'm talking to. And sometimes it's just go it's just going too fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, like we we're just not we're not there yet. Like I don't this right. this information I haven't had enough time to allow it to sit and to settle and for it to process. So all this extra talking you ready to do Earl, like we not <laughs> we're not doing that right now. Yeah. And so that's 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 a better thing. You're right. And fill out I vibes. Like that. Fill out vibes. Yeah. Like you can 
vibe checks. See if somebody is bracing. Like, you mm-hmm. can tell with, when a wall yeah. is going up sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. You know, so, like, check the vibes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just ask them what they're comfortable talking about. Because mm. it's, it's, relationships are complicated. They're tricky. They're sensitive. How, how are your, how are your, oh, shit. Oh, I cracked my back. How are your conversations with people going these days? Or do you, you feel mean, fulfilled? You massage thing? Oh, no. The <laughs> little Brookstone massage. Yeah, man. My dad gave me this thing. It's awesome. But better than that, tomorrow I have like a 60-minute deep tissue massage schedule. So I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited. Do you get massages? Uh, Someone pays for them. <laughs> <laughs> They're expensive. They, they, no, they, yes, that's very true. They can be usually like like a dollar a minute type of the deal. I mean, yeah. If, if not more, because then you're at a very nice place. Yeah. If it's more than a dollar a minute, then you're, get, you're at a very, very, very nice place. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't afford over, I mean, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to tell people my finances, but I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how, how let's just go back. How, how are your relationships going with with people do you feel like you are like happy with them like your exchanges with other human beings that are not your patients by the way um i feel like conversations have been going well okay i mean in the past i mean definitely in the past couple years i've had a lot of conversations not go well yeah um just like out of frustration maybe just uh years of maybe like build up and uh where you feel like Maybe you couldn't be honest with someone. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think we talked about, like, during that truth conversation, it's just like, all right, um, this person has already expressed to me that I, I come on too hard. Um, so I, I hold back, right? Mm-hmm. And then frustrations build and you just kind of just kind of snap and yeah. everything comes out not so well. So And those conversations, not very well. However, I learned a lot um, about... Like maybe having a little more self control. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even if it is, you feel like it is in your jurisdiction. You you have to fill out the situation because um, some things aren't your business. Yeah. Even if it's, I don't know. <laughs> Someone you love and care Someone about. Someone you love and it care. Still doesn't yeah, matter. It's just it, it's like topic by topic, you know. Yeah. So maybe that person. People feel comfortable talking to people. You know about different situations it just depends yeah right um i'm definitely not the person to come and talk to about your relationship <laughs> absolutely not um because like what's toxic's toxic you know i'm not saying i haven't been i'm not saying i haven't been in toxic relationships but what's toxic's toxic yeah and it's um and it's up to that person to decide if they want to be in that situation i wouldn't say that you're not See, because now we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves either. I don't want to say that you're not the person to come talk to about the relationships. You're not the person to come talk to about relationships if I have if I'm having a hard time dealing with this truth and I actually don't want someone to tell me something I don't want to hear, then you're not the person. But if I'm open to interpretation of whatever it is I'm going through because you're a friend of mine and I value your level of processing and your level of observation and your willingness to be honest. Mm-hmm. If I'm that person, then yeah, you're the person that I want to come talk to. Yeah. So it just, it just depends. Yeah. I just come to realize for myself, I don't want to be involved in other people's relationships. Oh, okay. 
That's I, a different thing. I don't thing. want people to be involved in mine. Yeah. You know? But, like, if you, you know, we grew up with friends that we've had since we were, like, 10. Yeah. You know? So we know each other about each other's life. We, like, we know everything about each other. But it comes to a point where it's like, I don't want to know no more. Well, what's, what's <laughs> funny is that's another thing that I love this platform is... I've had people come on the platform that other people outside have known. And then when th- when we get done with the recording and then it gets released, people that know that person, I, it's my first time meeting that person on the on the podcast, but they'll be like, yo, I've known them for X amount of time. I never knew that thing about them. Like I never, that thing never came up in conversation. And it seemed like very surface things, sometimes, sometimes deeper things. It was like I had no idea about that whole two hours you guys talked about. Like nothing. I've known them ten times the amount of time that you have now. Actually, not ten times. It'd be like a hundred times, two hundred times the amount of time that you've known them, Earl. But now I know this new information. So you think that sometimes, and even just having this conversation with all the guys in here, having Mikey, Keon, all of us in here. If you observe keenly enough, I, I kind of had an inkling that something was gonna happen. Like I was gonna learn something about someone I hadn't before. Or something was going to be revealed in a, in a new fashion, and that's kind of uh, that kind of happened with RJ. I didn't know that he. I mean, I knew that he had gotten diagnosed with ADHD a long time ago, but then he spoke about how he felt like him having his brain sort of like drained throughout the day and just wanting to be by himself to recharge. Like he he felt that that was like a bad thing. For a long time. And he came on here and talked about it. And I had no idea about that before. We used to live together for years. So he would walk in here. It was this apartment. So he would walk in here some days. And he would just he would walk in the fucking door and shut it. He just goes straight to the room. And he'd go, walk, you know, take a shower. And then he's on his video games, you know, maybe drinking a little Corona. But he's now he's decompressing. For sure. And I knew him well enough to know what moods he was in. So when he did that, I'm like, all right, that's RJ doing his, whatever the fuck that thing is, but he's doing his thing. Like, I didn't think twice about it. I'm like, okay, that's RJ's thing. But then for me to realize that he had felt bad about that and that he felt like that was a defect that he had and then having to go to the doctor and the doctor being like, listen, man, like your, your brain's just hyperactive. There's just a, a ton of shit going on up there. And at certain points, you're just going to need to relax and recharge. Like, that's pretty much what's going on. Absolutely. See, that's my cousin. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he, I didn't know that. So he was sitting there talking about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Because when you told me you had ADHD, I was just thinking, okay. Like, <laughs> I didn't think of it as a big deal because I'm just like, you're you're just RJ. You're just RJ. You got ADHD. You forget shit a lot of the time. <laughs> like, I think we all knew RJ has a little bit of ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> like, it didn't take the doctor yeah. having to tell us. No, yeah. There was definitely some stuff going on, but I didn't. But again, I would have never known that he felt guilty or shameful for being in this space at any point in time. Yeah. And so it just happened to it just happened to pop up. So it's tough because it's something to easily make fun of, right? Right. We're, right. we're always make fun of RJ about him forgetting stuff. <laughs> How many times he's lost his wallet? <laughs> I've been <laughs> we've been walking before, like in a mall. I forgot where this happened specifically. It may happen a few times, but where something has been in that man's hand, and he's just like, he was sitting there, we're talking, we're joking, we're relaxing, we're walking, 
and he'll just like his hand will just open and the thing will fall out of his hand and he'll just keep walking which is like yo rj like you just dropped your keys on ground. oh shit my bad like bro like you didn't notice your hand open and something slip out of it so yeah I, but i just you're right it is funny and it's always been a joke we've just never i've never delved deeper into those those things and yeah i mean that completely makes sense like I'm the same way. I'm completely saturated um, with my mind. My mind gets tired. Like, I can tell by the end of the day, uh, like, such long shifts sometimes. Like, mm. like I, I feel like my brain can't function. Right. Um, and then with roommates, like, I'm a pretty social person. Um, however, I'm kind of introverted as well. And if I've had a roommate, they can tell you. Um, I don't talk to them. <laughs> Cause I want to, I want to come home and be by myself and decompress. Like, and maybe, I mean, it could make them feel some type of way, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not the case. It's it's me. Right. Um, and yeah. And then I understand that guilt of like, why do I just want to come home and not socialize with a roommate that I consider a friend, you know, Mm. but it's not, it's not them. Um, and if they feel that kind of way, I, um, definitely try to like, um, let them understand, let them know. And so they can understand the situation. Um, because those people have like come knocked on my door and it's just like, Hey, you haven't like come out of here. Oh, really? And I haven't talked to you in like a week. Yeah. And I'm just like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're still on the other side of the door set. Sorry. Or it's just like, like sorry, I'm just a little tired. You yeah. Know? Like you don't want to get into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that can make you feel guilty. Cause it's like, man, that person feels, maybe feels like I don't fuck with them <laughs> or something like that maybe the living situation is not that great you know and right. maybe they think they're being like a bad poor roommate or whatever yeah it's not the case i'm just i need to decompress and i talk to people all day long and i don't want to continue to talk when i come home yeah and i can only imagine especially the work you're going through it's got to be draining yeah like you're taking a lot on yeah it goes also to like i'm not going to answer my phone not going to respond to texts i've been and People feel some type of way about it. And I feel bad for people um, feeling like maybe I'm not returning their phone calls fast enough hmm. or whatever. But um, I have to be selfish because yes. I can only spread myself so thin. I'm already spread so thin. Yeah. You know, so I have to be selfish with um, my my peace. <laughs> That's very true. So that is where this phrase protect your peace has come from. I love that. I hear these things every now and again. You know, I'm not like super plugged into like what's going on in a lot of the technological world and stuff like that. But this is one that has made its way to my made its way to me is protect yeah. your peace. Protect your peace. Protect your heart. It's, yeah. It's like that's one thing. Those two sayings are like spray painted all over New York City. Mm. I love it. And in Miami, I don't know big like metropolitan areas like those quotes. You are, said in Miami. And, yeah. And oh. Miami. And, I, like, I don't know. That, I mean, it, I that that would that would make sense. JP and I talked about this before: uh, collective self care versus collective just care for others. People like there, yeah. there there has to be there's a certain ratio. Just like I was talking about, a certain amount of truth that people are willing or just ready to actually bear right in their mind. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like you don't know what the ratio if is. For any one person of self-care versus like a collective care for other people. Like I may need more time to myself than you do before I'm able to get out and start making jokes and be the happy roommate. 
or whoever it is I have to be at any point in time. But it just yeah. takes me a little bit more recharge time. Yeah, because it goes back to the guilt. Like, like in, maybe I don't, I sacrifice that time to myself to be social. And I'm like sitting in a social setting miserable, trying to like pep it up. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, don't, I just want to be the best friend sister yeah all that and in order to do that i need time for myself yeah relationships are rough isn't it yeah i guess that's what that's what this is all coming down to because you're trying to this whole battle of life is trying to trying to be you trying to find you trying to remain you it's all this all this weird conundrum right And at the same time, finding a way to do all these things whilst living amongst other people, right? That have their own expectations of who you are to be or who you're supposed to become or how you're supposed to treat them, Mm -hmm. how you're supposed to treat the world. And all of those things are constantly changing as you go throughout the day. Yeah. Right? Like you're changing as a person. Your brain chemistry is changing. You your level of energy is just changing throughout the day. So you can't be who you were at 8 a.m. at 5 p.m. Like you can't even be that same person. Yeah. Right. And and then you're talking about these other circumstances of who's in front of you at 8 a.m. and who's in front of you, at, you know, 5 p.m. Or what building am I in? Like, am I in a space where I feel comfortable or where I feel safe or Am I in front of a bunch of people that I feel comfortable in front of, or are they sprinkled with some people that I'm not quite so sure about, or the, what their yeah. intentions are? So it's like all these different. What did I just read on the on the internet, right? Like how is that weighing in on me versus I didn't read that thing 30 minutes ago and I was in a completely different mood then. Have I been eating right today? Have I been drinking? Have I been smoking? Have I been mm-hmm. like, it's like all these weird things. Variables that play into having conversations. Like, right. Got, so how are my conversations been? They're much better when I'm mentally healthy. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I might not say something nice to you. Yeah. You don't know what, what you might say. That's the truth, but not nice. You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to be like that. So let me have my time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then I'll re-emerge when the time is right, and then exactly. we can we can have a healthy conversation. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I've always said that during the quarantine, people were, were I don't want to just say damaged or impaired, but certainly changed. Because some people things a lot of things worked out. I mean, even financially speaking, some people came out on top as well as. Mentally, some people, you know, delved into some things like mindfulness and meditation and yoga and certain books and things like that and came out in a different way than they had went in, uh, in, a, in a positive sense. What I can say is that it was far too easy to look on social media and see polarization in the world. I mean, still is today. It's not just 2020, but it's extremely easy to see different sides fighting for whatever it is that they're believing in or whatever propaganda or ideology that they're propping up, whatever that is. And 
I never really had, I don't really have like a horse in the race for a lot of different things. I just kind of like to sit back and try to observe as best I can. Cause I, for the most part, realize that I don't be knowing shit about shit. So I just try to make observations as best I can and try, but also try to remain open to information I have no idea about. I think that's a pretty decent way of going about it. I do know that during that year, 2020, Something had happened, and I think I burrowed so deep in my own time by myself that I definitely had a lot of excommunication with a lot of different types of people. Mm-hmm. Like I just wasn't communicating, you know, as as frequently and as fervently as I usually do with human beings during that year. It would make sense. We were in a quarantine, and then when I decided to open the podcast up to start having guests because from episode one to like episode 67, there was, it was just Keon and I, mm. then I believe 68, my dad came on. Then after my dad, I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of enjoy that. I should have more people on. Then after that, you start seeing just people popping up left and right. From that moment on, I felt my mind get better. I just, I felt it. The conversations I was having with people, one, not having to just pin characteristics on people unknowingly, like just completely unfairly, just having people come and sit down and we can actually have real discourse. And without me just having some preconceived notion of who you are and what you think based upon a bunch of profiling things that I'm not well-versed enough to even be able to profile nobody, but we all profile people like, well, they look like this, they wear this, and they sound like this, so they must think this, this, and this. It's completely ridiculous, but we do it far too often. Mm -hmm. So instead, having people come and sit across from me and having conversations about a ton of very awesome things, it just restored this vitality in my mind that I completely forgot about was ever even an option, or maybe I never even really had it. But something, it's definitely changed me over the course of this last year, just speaking with more and more people. It's been fucking awesome. Yeah, especially in the depth that you, um, the conversations go into. Yeah. No, Nobody has those kind of conversations. It's all like surface level, like we've spoken about. Um, so it's honestly, I think it's a privilege to be able to have meaningful conversations. Um, meeting people, like, I, I mean so many people a day. I meet like 20 new people a day and I'm asking, I know their deepest, darkest secrets. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like, Hey, I'm Dr. Page. Um, so have you ever uh, tried to kill yourself? Something like that. You know what I mean? So like, it really has to go down like that or it doesn't have to go down, but within like a couple sentences, Wow. like you tell me what you're here for. And I'm asking you your deepest, darkest secrets. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of protocol. Like I mean, I need, that's what you I need guys the are information. There. Yeah. Um just so oh, yeah, I, I guess can, I can right. keep I can keep you safe. Yeah. That's like if somebody is telling me they're struggling with their mental health, that's a, one of the first questions that you have to ask. Have you had suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Wow, I guess I guess that's true. Right, because because if the answer is yes, automatically there's just like a certain set of things that have to be done or said. Yes, that's right. a, there's a protocol. That's a huge like fork in the road. Yeah, you're not leaving anyone's sight if the answer to that is yes. Okay. You're being admitted to the hospital. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. Really. 
Even if even if it was like a long time ago, like if they say no, yeah. currently. Active. Oh, okay, currently active. Okay. Yeah. So if they're coming to me feeling down, like, or if they're literally, sometimes they just come in. You just ask them, "Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you today?" Immediate breakdown. Oh. And it's just like, okay. So uh, you have to sit back into, all right, this um, disappointment's not going to go 15 minutes. Mm. We're going to go over time. That's okay. I need to be there for this person, even if it takes them an hour for me to get all the information in order for them to tell their story to me so we can help them out the best. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you have to have... Um, I have pretty deep conversations with about 20 different people every day. Just yeah. And that's something maybe just, maybe in the medical profession in general, therapists, all over, all types of medical professions. Um, we need to know how to best treat you. So we need to get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, because there, there's no point in me talking to you, not getting the information I need to make you feel better. Yeah. There, that's not happening. Yeah, that's not one of those areas where you can kind of beat around the bush and like just bullshit. Yeah. Like no, we're, like we're here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I learned from these people. Um completely different walks of life. Constantly um like constantly talking to like homeless drug addicts, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um um completely different walks of life. However, they teach me stuff every day. Even if I'm like Kind of like, ugh, not this again. This person is just going to lie to me. Mm. Um, that's okay. Um, it's tough talking, having real conversations with people. And you have to make sure that they're going to receive it. Um, Do you think that it may be easier, because it's kind of a two-part question, that it may be easier for them to do it with a stranger than with people that are like around in their life? Do you think that sometimes for people it's much easier? Yeah, much easier to talk to a third party. Yeah. Yeah, because this is, and maybe what they're feeling is a result of their family, friend right. dynamic, so you, home dynamic. Yeah. There's, that's not, they're not going to be comfortable like, divulging that information um, to the person that might be a part of the problem. Yeah, you know I mean? they feel like you're an unbiased source. Like yeah. you don't, yeah, you don't have a dog in the fight. So why would you lie about this or take certain sides? Yeah. Like you're just going to be looking at it objectively and giving your professional. Exactly. Guess, My yeah. dog in the fight is helping mental you. health. Helping you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. So, mm. um, and knowing your jurisdiction. So yes, in that role, I can ask you. I can be straight up with you. Um, but I do have to do it in a way that they're going to receive it because that could be life or death. Right? Yeah, that, that's, that's got to be difficult because I assume that for a lot of people in, that, is, that are healthcare professionals, you do something for so long, it slowly starts to become scripted and it maybe could become callous because you're moving people in and people out. And you don't want to get to a point where it seems like you're a fucking robot and like they're just patient number 172 that day. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want it to sound like that. It can easily be that. But it could easily be that. It's like, oh, another diabetic. Oh, you're not taking your medicine. All right. <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild energy. What did to... you eat today? Oh, all right. You yeah. Talk to that nutritionist. Yeah, I did. 
it's just yeah. it can become monotonous. It's, yeah. But um, trying not to be jaded. It's really easy to become jaded. Right. Um. Because you've been in the game for how many years? I mean, clearly you had to go through nine thousand years of school, but in the game. Yeah, but like actually in the game, like registered doctor. Uh, I graduated 2019. Yeah, right. Okay. So a few years. So see, so 2019 to 2020, what are we in 2022? Man, I almost fucked that up. Um, you being in 2022, that's not a very long time or it is a long time. So it just depends, right? Like on the outside, people that are not healthcare professionals, like, oh, it's not too long, but on the inside, that could be a very long time, especially you coming in when you did, because then 2020, now we have a pandemic on our hands. Yeah. So. <laughs> Crazy time. Right. Ex- ex- wild time to get into that business. So you saying that it's easy to become jaded and you're three years in. Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. But I also work in a very challenging environment. Right. Like I'm in the hood. Um, in, oh, yeah. I'm in Bedford Shuvescent, like home. Of what's it? What's it called? Be- the neighborhood. Yeah. Bed-Stuy or the full oh. name Bedford Shuvescent. Oh, I didn't know that that was the whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The home. Uh, I mean, to make people familiar. So where Jay-Z's from, Lil' Kim's from, Chris Rock. Yeah. Is it Chris Rock? Everyone hates Chris. Chris. Oh, yeah. Chris Rock. Okay. bed yeah, yeah, so yeah. I didn't know that that was the whole name for it. I've never heard that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what it means or who it is. Or <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right. So, like, I'm in the hood. Um, our patient, the population is very challenging. Um, a lot of uh, undocumented patients. A lot of people don't speak English. Um, literacy levels are down. Uh, socioeconomic status is down. Um, poor. Um, it's just everyone's on Medicare, Medicaid, um, or just receiving free healthcare. Uh, so. Was this something that you, you made a conscious decision to work at a, in a place like this or no? Okay. Okay. That's another thing. No. Okay. I didn't know if like, you were like, I gotta go where they need me. Like I gotta go to the, the deepest, darkest places to try to help them. I didn't know if that was like an Im- uh, ambition that you had or not. No, I mean, I'm grateful for the experience, but it's just such a challenging environment yeah. and understaffed, underserved, um, no, it's not, wasn't my first choice, but um, the goal is to become a doctor. So you just, it's complicated. There's this process called the match um, where you apply to residency programs, you rank those res- residency programs, and it's a lottery. You Once you match, you go where you go. Mm. Um, some people ultimately, they can switch or whatever. It's very difficult. You know, um, The process is expensive. Um, so most of the time, and people are just grateful to match. I'm so grateful to match. However, um, as a student, I worked in New York. I saw the challenges and um, like what the residents were going through and honestly deterioration in their mental health because mm. of everything we have to uh, see, deal with. Um, so nah, I wanted a cushy program in <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah. I wanted to chill. Not chill. Sorry. I wanted a more chill environment. Had you been to Mississippi before? Um no, that was my first time like interviewing. I just interviewed um, at the program. Never been to Mississippi before. Okay, but you just knew that that was a cushier, more plush environment. Than yeah. The, okay. So like, I don't, I don't want to be stressed out. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. <laughs> this is already stressful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just the job in itself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, 
better work hours, um, like when you order, like this is getting petty. Like when you make an order, <laughs> you a, said this is getting petty. <laughs> when you make an order on the computer, like it gets done. It, it's not optional. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wait, what sort of order are you talking about? Like for you talking about for supplies? Uh, no, like oh. hey, draw some blood, please. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's that's got that seems important. Seems important, right? But it's the it's. It's part of being in the environment of the understaffed, underserved communities. Um, Jesus Christ. But, I mean, that's real life. This is real. Like, the, these patients are really sick. Very sick and do not have the, unfortunate, unfortunately, the um, the education to... Or in the yeah, knowledge. I was going to say the resources, the, the but I guess that's the, all in there, yeah. The capacity to be under, be able to understand their medical conditions. Ah, uh, just give me a second. Give me a second. Ah, uh, okay. Cause I, I like understood the word you said. Okay. The literacy levels are down. Education as a whole down poor. That means lack of uh, extracurricular activities that open your mind up to new things, right? Uh, lack of nutritional food, which clearly would be giving you a brain boost, but now it is not. So you're deficient in those things as well. Probably not a ton of supplements in the house, right? Um, I'm just thinking about all the things that sort of power the brain, right? And if you can imagine having being a part of a low socioeconomic status, um, a lot of these people develop mental health issues. Yeah. Um, like, not just a mild depression, a mild anxiety. These people are schizophrenic. And so, so yeah, so that's so that's fascinating. So schizophrenia, you're saying, is something that can be wrought through through so, years of yeah. Yeah, of course. There's like genetic disposition. Right. However, um, um, if you go back into the history, their life. Um, a lot of I can't say all, right? But one common factor is a low of people that develop uh, like very severe mental health disorders is um, how they grew up, like their environment growing up. Um, and then also, I think there's some studies linking like just being in a loud environment. Oh, really? Um, can contribute to um, developing mental health illnesses and things like that. <sighs> So this is something I wanted to ask a little while ago when you first talked about people coming in. For the most part, people are coming in on their like own free will. Like it's not people being admitted from like family members. It's like these are people walking in. Because I'm thinking about the person you just said that maybe you were thinking about that came in and you ask them one question like, hey, how are you doing today? And they just break down. So a lot of these people are coming in of their own free will. Like, I feel like there's something going on. I need to go and admit myself to the hospital. Or do you think That's it's your court? own free will? Okay. A lot, of, a lot of court ordered things. Um, okay. So there's a spectrum. Right. Of course, there's going to be those patients that like stump their toe and they're coming to the ED, got a pimple on their face. They're coming to the ED, trying to get their primary care in the ED. They're hungry. So they're coming, need a place to sleep. They're coming in. Um, so there's that. Um, there's people who are seriously having serious medical conditions. Uh, they had a heart attack. They had a stroke. 
their leg is dying because they have uncontrolled diabetes or something like that. Um, so they'll come in when it gets that serious, right? Um, coming in on your own volition, um, maybe someone's having a psychotic break in the middle of the street. So you're going to come in with police mostly on that time that's not on your own volition. Um, if you are involved in a, uh, a crime, uh, maybe you got um, hurt during the crime, even though maybe you're the one that you're, the you're committing the crime. So you can be <laughs> yo, yo, trying to rob somebody's house and twisting your ankle is crazy. Right, <laughs> that's right. a wild. You, right. you got to have a redo on that. That's yeah. crazy. So part of like, I guess policing. Um, if the whoever they're arrested, they're like in cuffs or whatever. But they're if they're saying they're hurt, you have to bring them to the hospital, get them checked out. Um, if a lot of demented, demented patients. Um, they're not coming in on their own free volition. A family member's like, hey, <laughs> we lost them. Like, literally lost right. them in the street somewhere. Or, um... Yeah, my grandpa had Alzheimer's. That was a wild ride. Yeah, so there's many reasons why people come in. Um, huge spectrum. Not everything's on your own volition, but it can be. All right. The reason I bring that up is because it seems like, and this goes back to our conversation about having conversations with people and being vulnerable and allowing for outside information to be actually be able to come in and absorb it and do something with it. It usually seems like the people that go and ask for help for anyone in the world, that they're a little bit more susceptible to help being had. Of course. Because you're open to it. You went searching for the help. It's not, you know, you're not resisting it. So I was just trying to figure out exactly how often these people with low literacy levels and low education and no resources and all this are coming trying to seek help and still seemingly can't even understand what's happening. That that First of all, that must be wildly frustrating. Because wow. because the question is, what do you do? What is the protocol when they don't when they can't understand what it is you have to explain to them? You have to do your best. Um, yeah, you have, there's a lot of programs and, and and set in place because we know our community is challenging like that. There's a lot of programs where um, there's someone trying to follow up with the patient. You know what I mean? But then you have to think of, hey, well, some of these people don't have phones or giving you the wrong number so you can't communicate with them. Um, but no, there's constant community, um, out, like outlet, like outpouring yeah. to try to make sure, like the pharmacist will call them and be like, Hey, do you have these medicines? Like we, I, cause we can see if you picked up your medicines, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have these medicines? Hey, do you remember you were just in the hospital because your heart's failing? And they're like, well, but I feel fine. You know, kind of thing. That's usually the case. Oh, I feel fine. I stopped taking my medicine or the medicine's too expensive and they don't t let us know that so we can make an accommodation for them. Um, but despite if you understand your condition or not, like we're constantly educated, educating, trying to, you know mm. what I mean? Um, but everyone understands or everyone knows the feeling, hey, I can't breathe right now. Um, hey, maybe this is due to these conditions that the doctors have said I had. Um, so maybe sometimes if it happens enough or if their illness becomes so severe, maybe that's what it takes sometimes for them to understand what's going on in their bodies. Um, because like, okay, so if you just, 
you're an educated person. Like you. Uh, <laughs> nope. Before you even go on, no, I'm not. Let me, I let me tell you exactly what I am. I'm creative. I like to read books. I love to have conversations with people. I meditate. <laughs> I've done some drugs. <laughs> like I'm not. I don't know about being educated. I, I guess it depends on what that means. Like, Do you remember you saw a shirt that said "Warning, Educated Black Man"? <laughs> yes, I did. I did, and I love that shirt when I had it too. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, oh shit, they scared of me because I'm educated and black. And I'll tell you what. If I'm not educated now, I damn sure wasn't educated then because that was like sophomore year of high school. I remember when I got that shirt because I was growing the locks at the time. And my aunt bought me that shirt after she had brought me to the salon to get my locks done. I was not educated at that time. I don't know about being educated now, but please continue with what you were going to say regardless. Okay. Well, your level of education is above an eighth grade level, right? Yes. All right. You're educated. Oh. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. Um, like to the standards. The standards, yeah, I get it. You know I get I mean? it. Okay, so if I explain a medical condition to you, you're gonna try your best to understand, right? Yes. Because you don't want to die. No. Right. No. Um, I want to live for as long as I can, as healthily as I possibly can. Okay. So I mean, some people, like we said, maybe don't want to take that truth in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people with chronic medical conditions end up developing like uh, some spectrum of depression um, just because it's going to affect you for the rest of your life. Um, like even like presenting someone with the diagnosis, like you have to take that stepwise approach. And it's just like, hey, I want to tell you something about like what we found um, when we've ran all these tests. Um, Tell me what you understand about blah, 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 Mm. uh, this condition, Um, diabetes. Like, tell me what you understand about diabetes. It's just like most people understand that it has to do with sugar, but how does it wreak so much havoc on your body? Right. Right. So you can go into the kind of the explanation about how that's happening and they'll be like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. But... Yeah. They're not quite understanding. Um, so that's why teach back is so, is so important. Um, something that we do is just like, all right, so we've ha- we've had this co- conversation about this diagnosis and how we can treat it. Tell me what you understand about what I just said. That's What beautiful. questions do you have? Yes. Because if this isn't under control, I'm telling you, you're going to lose a leg. So, and that sounds stupid, right? That sounds crazy. I'm going to lose a leg because I have diabetes. <laughs> Whether it sounds stupid or not, it sounds severe enough to where when you hit that point, people ought to be like, "Mm, wait, hold on a second. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't understand any of it. Could you tell me again? Because you just told me I was about to lose a leg. So say everything you just said again. Like that would perk me up. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, but some people don't perk up. But some people don't perk up. And you're just going to have to, when those complications happen, you're just going to have to help them out. Yeah. Um. And then you can't be like, told you so. No, no, of course. <laughs> no, 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 You can't do that. You can't do that. But you do have to just, like you said, because your answer at the very beginning of all this, and thank you for explaining so much, is do your best. You have to do your best. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. At the end of the day, these are adults, grown adults, 
that make their own decisions and you have way too many patients to be trying to hold anyone's hand. Yeah. I spend a lot of time. We all spend a lot of time trying to set up a treatment plan directly that's going to suit that patient best. Right. I spend a lot of time doing it, but it's up to them. It's up to the patient. What has, because there's an answer for this. I know there is. What has being in this industry for these last three years, um, I want to say, what is it? What has it taught you? But it's not quite that. What, how has it impacted? This is how I want to say it. How has it impacted your view of humans? Of humans? Yes. How has it impacted your 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 view, your take on us human beings? In in any way. I mean, cancer's not gonna spare nobody. Mm. Um of course there's preventable diseases, right? But no one's immune to having a medical issue. Yeah. Um humans are human. Um they're sensitive. There's many aspects to a human. Humans are complicated. Um, I don't, it's kind of a loaded question, like what do you learn about people? Some people wanna take care of themselves and some people don't. Um, or maybe not that they don't want to, maybe they're just in such a, they're in a state, in a place, in an environment where they can't properly take care of themselves. and. Um, and it's not even their fault. And has has that made you think about anything in the world differently? Just being being put in a place because I try my best to remain grateful and 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 reap the benefits in such a way dealing with this self care again. Reap the benefits in such a way that allow me to be the best person I can at all points in time, as best as I'm able to do. Do you feel like taking in all this information and dealing with all these different sorts of people? I understand people on a different level. I do feel yeah, like that. Yeah, it I just do. seems like it's deep. Like you have, you know that there are people placed in positions where it's damn near impossible. Yeah. Like you have, like you, you, you. Like you're starting the game of Monopoly with with one dollar, <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't bode well for you as this game progresses, right? So you so you seeing that because the more and more you talk, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and because this isn't my, I work at a resort, okay, where just everyone has too much money, right? So when I would hear Keon, it's funny that you <laughs> you likened his job to yours because. As even Keon comes on here and no more again, congratulations to him when he was talking about that fucking extra space job that he had and just <laughs> everything he had to deal with people, you know, one of the latest stories, the guy just punching a guy in the face because he had realized that his car had been hit and he didn't know who hit his car, but he saw a guy and it was that guy's very first day renting space at the at the units and he just punched this guy in the face. Because why? We don't really know. He said because the guy was walking 
angrily or with too much energy towards him. And he just said, oh, where I'm from, you don't do that. But at the same time, after he punched the guy, he was screaming, somebody hit my car, somebody hit my car. So it really seems like you're more so upset about someone hitting your car, not the fact that this guy looked like he was a nefarious, you know, backstreet demon that was coming to beat you up or some shit like that. So we don't know why, but that's the sort of shit that Keon had to deal with all of the time. But when you think about people growing up in these places that just, we grew up in some nice places. We grew up in some nice places. We had some nice opportunities. We met a lot of nice people. As I was talking about before we did this, there was food around. Mm -hmm. Like I never had to try to figure out where my next meal was coming from. That was, I never grew up with that. I never thought, man, I I need some more clothes because the clothes I have don't protect me from the elements. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that. I had a place to lay my head at night. Like I had the essentials and way more than that. Mm -hmm. But when, but I, so I think it's hard sometimes for people that grew up that way like to just realize that there are people that would just, just none of this. And then not only none of this, but then the none of this, then as you're saying, begets mental illness. Then it's like, now where the fuck do you go? Cause you started off with nothing. Now you, now your, your judgment is clouded. You can't see what from what. They can get angry. You, you you're angry. You're sad. Yeah. You don't know what you're angry at. Yeah. It's, I mean, especially if you're trying to help someone who's trying to swing at you. Oh. Common. You common? Yeah. I've been kicked so many times. Ch- had to chase patients. Like, if they're a danger to themselves or other people. Like, it's, it's, so it's not just doctoring. It's, it's, what makes it so tough is, um, It's like really sad. They're unfortunately their lives are tough. They've had really tough lives. They don't know any other way to react. Um, they don't know how to discuss things tactfully and discuss their feelings. Um, they just sometimes want to just leave and go get their high, maybe. And if you're not a danger to yourself or other people, you can do that. Um, I'll see you in, in a few days back in the ED. Um, or I, yeah, I can only imagine what you've seen. It's crazy. Cause again, uh, like I brought it up just a little bit on the last one. Cause RJ just did security at a hospital and he just, he was like, bro, it's ridiculous. Like you, it's you ridiculous. would see people come in and like, I'm looking at this guy and he's flipping the fuck out. Mm-hmm. over nothing he's talking about the people are coming to get him and mm-hmm. and he's got to fight this war that we don't understand about he was like and then i see that person leave with their family like four days later he's just like oh hey man it's nice seeing you man thank you for taking good care of me i'll see you later and he's like what the fuck like when you're first put into it now you understand this you've been there for so long working in this field but for people you just take a security job and they just go there he was blown away he was you like oh he's like oh yeah. I didn't know that mental health was like a real, real thing until until you're truly confronted with it. Because when you see people, because you're dealing with a spectrum of mental health all the time, no matter who you're talking to all the time. But it doesn't dawn on you until maybe you're in a certain situation or certain setting and you can see the either... um, 
diminishing effects of mental health or the augmentation. Like you're not seeing it in any one person. Yeah. You're not seeing the severity. You're not seeing the severity of it. But yeah. if you but if you take one human being and then you toggle that slider of mental health in them and you're able to see it in just one human being and see how different of a person they can be on Tuesday than they are on Friday, mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. now I get it. You're saying cancer doesn't, well, it doesn't spare anyone. Mental health doesn't. Yes, like, yeah. it just, right. Like, it can be anyone depending upon the varying circumstances, that all the variables that we're talking yeah, about. Because no one's immune to trauma. Right? right. Of course, those circumstances, you're most more likely to go through a very traumatic situation. But everyone has <laughs> can go through something traumatic. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not it doesn't take just a lifetime of a, not being supported to develop mental illness. It can be one traumatic situation and that's it. They're off the deep end for the rest of their life. Um, mm. But so that's kind of what you that was kind of your answer to the question of what has it taught you is just that that thing it can change like yeah. you like the the whole makeup of who you are like we are humans we're we're yeah. vulnerable everyone needs help at some point and some people are more willing to ask for help and some people are gonna like I said wait till it gets bad yeah I knew a guy a few um try to get this right is it, it has to at least been about a month or so now where he, I didn't know him very well, but I kind of knew him through someone else. And this guy got into a car accident, let's just call it like a Friday. And I don't know if it was like, it, I don't know if it was like his car was totaled, but he was a little banged up and he felt like he had, he had felt like some pain over by his rib, rib cage. He was like, ah, it kind of, kind of hurts a little bit. It's just like a little bruise. So I probably just, you know, banged it up a little bit. And my friend that I knew him through told him, hey, man, you should probably just just pop into the hospital and just have him check it out. He was like, ah, all right, like, I'll think about it. But he decided to not do that. And so he just stayed around the house and he had a phone call with said friend of mine. And they were just talking about work and, you know, catching up on each other's family and different stuff. Like He was a good guy. He was just chatting about whatever. And then the next day he was dead. And my friend, as I'm talking to him, he's like, bro, I, I told him I told him he should probably just head to the hospital and just have it checked out. So what we're thinking is, because clearly I didn't get any fucking autopsy, like I'm not that close, but that there was some internal bleeding taking place. And to just not know that that's happening because you just feel like you just got a little bump on your ribs, but you're actually bleeding out on the inside. Like that's fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Like That's a wild thing. So, yeah, I think. You know, I've heard from from other people aside from you. I've had other friends that are in the healthcare profession, and that just so much goes wrong because people either they don't want to, they can't understand. Um, I don't need they, a doctor. They, I don't need it. Yeah, I don't know a doctor. I need you, one in thirty years. There I don't need plenty of people that say doctors don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like they don't. I know that one must get you. I know people are just like they don't know what they're talking about. They're just making good guesses at the end of the day. It's true. I don't know everything, but yeah, that's true. It's theories until the studies prove it. Right. So that's what medicine is. Yeah. Yeah. Just like science in general yeah. is guesses. And we just keep changing what it is we think yeah. we know with some new information. It's like, it's oh, trial well. Trial and error. Yeah.
So, 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 so then that breaks down people's trust in institutions where they're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh. Iatrogenic means you have a medical condition because of a complication from a procedure going wrong. You receive the wrong medications. Um, so an, an iatrogenic cause to a condition literally means the doctor messed you up. Iatrogenic? Yeah. Iatrogenic. Like unknown cause or? Or um, something, yeah. Some a medical complication, yeah. Are those also common? I mean, I could assume just because of how many people are going in and out, yeah. it's... I mean, you've heard the stories, like people going to OR, have the completely different operation than they needed, wrong leg cut off. You know what I mean? It happens. I mean, there's things in place now, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. But in the environment that I work in, um, things can get missed. Yeah. Things get missed. And someone might pass away from it. So doctors aren't and, perfect. And, and then what's even wilder about this, and I, this is just coming up from something I heard a long time ago, is... Like the amount of time that healthcare professionals have to work, it's somehow being conducive with trying to, yeah, like not have, would you go itro, atrogenic mm-hmm. complications? Like that doesn't that doesn't correlate. That doesn't go well together. Like that doesn't mesh yeah. very well. Like it would seem like overworking people would only heighten the percentage of. Diatrogenic complications. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, But also, if you're having too many uh, transitions with healthcare providers, um, we call it sign-outs. Like, at the end of every shift, there's a detailed sign-out about each patient. Um, If that happens too many times throughout the day, that can also cause these iatrogenic complications to happen. Um, Because there's just too many people working on, like, one patient? mm -hmm, There's just... Oh, I forgot to tell you that their hemoglobin was four. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot to tell you they needed blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yo>. like, <laughs> oh my gosh, having to have that conversation must be so nerve wracking because you hear about shit like in the, oh, I forgot to fax that person that one thing. You're just like regular cubicle business shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, fine, but we have to have the presentation by so and so o'clock. So, but yo, I forgot to tell you they needed blood. Like having to tell your ball, your superior that, that must be a very difficult conversation to have. Yeah, it happens, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, so it's like, would you rather be taken care of by a tired doctor? Possibly. Um, Hopefully that's not the case. Um, Or no one someone who's new on the shift and doesn't know you very well um maybe isn't gonna check on your labs completely because um they trusted the person who gave them the sign out this shit is also everything in the world is so complicated like everything is super complicated like we think about someone was asking me the other day because i get they were kind of upset at the fact that I know this seems wild, but or it seemed like a wild segue that the NBA finals is like a game seven type of thing. Like, why do they play so long? Like, why? Like, they don't do this in other sports. I think maybe baseball as well. They do. But they're like, why? Like, why does this go on so long? I don't know exactly what their issue is with the fact that there could be a game seven. 
I, I forgot what it like why they get so peeved about it because it has nothing to do with them. I don't know why. But they were just like, why does it go on so long? Why don't they do this in football? And I was like, you can't have football players coming out night after night in playing in football games the way the NBA players play basketball. There's much more of a physical strain on football players' bodies than in the NBA. It's not even comparable. These these are 350-pound machines slamming into each other play after play after play. They can't they can't do that. Super Bowl and that's it. Yeah. There's not going to be a oh, well, I beat you this time, but you beat me this time. Okay, so now there's a game 7 to the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Like that couldn't be the case. The reason I bring this up is because clearly recently in the past like 10 years or so, there's been a huge shift in the NFL paradigm where we understand CTE is a thing Mm -hmm. and you want to, they want to continue to have a running business that rakes in billions of dollars, but at the same time, try to take care of the people that run that business for them, which are the players. And so clearly there had to have been some changes in the rules. I know that there's certain things that like certain ways that you can't hit other players and things like that have changed. Because they're trying to do something about it. There has to be some sort of course correction. And I'm wondering if you have any idea at all, if you've thought at all about any course correction that needs to take place in the medical field so that you all can do a better job and you're not fucking just wasted, tired beings, just Sims, just walking around, going through the motions. Yeah. I mean... It's hard to become a doctor. Right. Um, so there's a shortage of doctors. Um, so that's one of the main reasons. Um, after COVID, they lost a lot of nurses. Um, no one wants to be in a hospital if they have a risk of dying. Um, it can also be like, I don't want to get vaccinated. Um, oh, boy. But ultimately, it comes down to resources. Um, and how long, just for a registered nurse, like how long is that stint in, in school and in education? Um, let's see. I, there used to be an associates. Um, a lot of people did it through Nova. We know a lot oh, okay. of people did it through Nova. Um, I, I think they're going away with the associates. Um, and at least, so it's at least four years. Um, you can oh, okay. get a master's in nursing, which is a nurse practitioner. I, I also believe you can get a doctorate in nursing as well now. Okay, because I'm just wondering how much like investment they're putting in on the time versus getting to a point where, no, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, and that as well. Um, bad experiences. Um, getting sued will make it seem, or bad doctors quit. It's not worth it. It's not worth my assets. Um, getting sued. Um, it's not worth the mental insanity, um, the, the derangement in your mental health. Right. Um, I would, I would be assuming or at least hoping that most healthcare professionals have like a therapist or someone that they're going to. They clearly just like, right. Clearly just like regular human beings. That's not going to be the case, but I would think because they're healthcare professionals, they know a bit more about health care mm-hmm. and know that that's something that probably ought to be undertaken by them. But then again, we're also talking about the amount of time that you have. Yeah. So maybe, <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> it was the headphones. The, if you didn't have the headphones on, that would have done nothing for you. I didn't 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time to see. I know. I was actually sitting in that chair. I don't even ask him coming anymore. Yeah, he just pops up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, shoot. Where were we? Uh, talking about healthcare professionals feeling like well, oh, because yeah. of their, you know, them being privy to healthcare information that they would want to, at least maybe not feeling like they have the time, but want to get right. involved in some form of therapy. Exactly. So everyone knows it's good to do. Right. But I mean, some people, well, healthcare some providers. people don't believe that. So right. that's, again, another thing that the conversation with people has opened me up to is that. Every perspective you could possibly think about, someone is thinking that. Yeah. Like any possible thing. So when you say therapy is good for you, not nah, some people are like, no, I don't believe that. Some right. people, I've, I've seen people say that they feel like the, not, not, okay, not therapy just as a way of healing. I think that most people would say that healing is a good thing. Right, because how could it be bad? Mm -hmm. But that this structured form of therapy consulting do, is not good for everyone. Everyone has different experiences, but you don't know unless you try it. Yeah. Um, doctors aren't immune to ignorance. Mm -hmm. um, they might think they're above therapy just because, like, we read about it in books. Yeah. But what I learned when I was going through therapy, it was just like, oh, I should have saw a therapist a long time ago <laughs> uh, i was just trying to take the route of like oh i can read about it right <laughs> you know? as long as i read about it yeah, yeah. like i i know the, how i'm not a psychiatrist but i know the symptoms of these medical conditions these psych psychiatric conditions um but it's difficult sometimes to relate um symptoms to yourself yes and how funny is that downplaying that, the severity of your symptoms even you know see so so this spectrum of human beings like so we, we all do it so whether you're a healthcare professional or you're just one of the people that have close to no resources coming in for a psychotic break or whatever it is they're coming in for we're all on some degree trying to take on more than what we're actually capable of mm -hmm. and just yeah, feeding ourselves to the wolves because we're just like, oh no, I, like I can read a little bit about this, like it'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. And let's not get to a breaking point. Like what? Like what's with? Let's wait till things can get as worse as they possibly can t to reach out for help. Yeah, prophylaxis is, is so important. There, there are times where the reversal process is seemingly impossible. Oh, so <laughs> oh, like oh, like that's a, not even seemingly like that's a fact. There are just certain times where you're not coming back. No. Yeah. If, if you have heart failure, your ejection fraction is 5%. I'll explain that. Mm. No, you're not coming back. Um, you're, you need a heart transplant. Okay. You know? Um, your diabetes, Say that one more time. Your diabetes about, is to the point. Okay, mm. so um, what is it? Heart failure, right? Heart failure is reversible to an extent. Diabetes is reversible to an extent. Um you can prevent having a heart attack to a certain extent. Um, so eating Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not endorsing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but possibly eating Cheerios. So 
question? Um, uh, what was the point of the question? Um, uh, we're talking about getting, getting, getting better. We're talking about uh, things being preventative. Oh, You're talking yeah, about the heart yeah. failure. Yeah, so yeah. things can get better um, until it's too late. You know? Yeah, and then you like, just like, but but there was a there was a term that you you said heart failure. Oh, heart failure. All right, so uh, heart failure. Let's see. Most people describe it like your heart's weak. It's not pumping good. Um, if your heart's not pumping good, um, you're gonna not have good blood flow to or your organs. Right. Right. Um, if your heart's not pumping good, the blood and kind of like water in the blood kind of like just backs up. Uh, mm. You ever seen someone with just swollen legs, crazy swollen legs? Yes. Okay, so it can be for different reasons. However, if it's swollen and you can press and leave an indentation, like it's usually a sign of heart failure. Um, the ejection fraction part of it is a normal ejection fraction. That means the amount of blood that's coming out of your heart with each beat. Mm. Um, normal is what, 55 to 65%. Um, if it's... 35%, um, you're going to have to get procedures to make sure that you don't have a, a heart rhythm that's going to kill you. Yeah. V-fib, ventricular fibrillation, ventricular tachycardia. The, those are fatal rhythms. Um, when your ejection fraction is 30% or less, you're very high risk um, for that possibly to occur. There's a risk that um, not only blood flow to the, your other organs in the body, you're also the blood flow going to the heart that feeds the heart. The heart also needs blood too. That's going to decrease. So your risk of heart attack um, goes up high. Um, so when certain conditions get bad to the point, so we have literally people living with a five to ten percent ejection fraction, and um, when it gets to that point, there's no return. And about and same with mental health. Have you seen where it seems like it has gotten to a point where you're off the reservation? Like if you, um, or is that a bit more malleable than so the with, physical components? Right. Um, I feel like some mental health conditions um, you can prevent. <laughs> yeah. Um, not or make better. Make better. Sorry, not prevent. Um, but when it comes to someone being schizophrenic and psychotic, they don't think they have a medical condition or a health, mental health condition. So they're not going to take their medicine. They're not going to come back to the doctor. Like there's programs where people will go out in the streets, find these people and give them their, their injections for the month. Right. Oh, wow. Um, because if that person doesn't get their medicine, they're going to wreak havoc on society. How do you find these people in the streets to they, give them? These people hang out in the same places. They don't oh, leave bedside. Wow. Um, it's like their home. There's just we're surrounded by projects. Uh, we know what corners. Like yeah, unfortunately, like I know my patients. That's that's <laughs> fascinating. I was uh, reading "Talking with Strangers" by Malcolm Gladwell, and he spoke about how, like, a lot of policing is these days, where they they knew that they wanted to heighten their quotas. Like they wanted to rake in, you know, more arrests pretty much. And so they started triangulating 
very, very tough neighborhoods and started policing pretty heavily on the neighborhoods. But then what they found out was that it's not necessarily neighborhoods or certain cities that are bad, but that they are very particular streets within those cities and towns that are very bad. And as long as you stay off those streets, you're usually pretty good as far as crime goes, but that people find a pattern and they stay within certain streets. Like if they just moved, if they decided to sell crack or prostitute a few streets down, they would not be caught nearly as much as they are. But because they just find themselves being creatures of habit, they stay on these certain streets and do things right there. And then the police just keep just going over there and picking people up and and arrest, making arrests. That's so the businesses can't leave with the business. That's but that's what I'm saying. Like you would think that people would feel like, okay, this spot is hot. We should move the business and the clientele somewhere. Else. Just again, I'm not saying a different city. Just let's find a different set of streets. And people don't even do that. So that correlates with what it is you're saying here directly. That you know people can go out. You have healthcare providers just beating the streets, giving people their shots giving them their medicine because you know exactly where to find them. That's just a habit. Yeah. Like you're just out there. You, I know where you're at. You're at the corner of this and that. Like that's where you and so-and-so be at. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, have you ever had to do that? Like just go find someone? Oh, okay. You won't. Yeah. Uh, oh, you yeah. won't find me out there. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. That's the jungle. That's the jungle yeah. out there. So yeah, there's a, a certain conditions where like treatment works. Treatment works if you work it. Yeah. But, um, with rarely severe sight conditions, mm. um, it's hard. Jeez Louise. So. so what are you doing, like, outside of this to help you? Like, outside of therapy? Just, like, maybe something else therapeutic. Like, music? Like, what are you, like, do you, are you doing anything fun for you? Um, Puzzles? Oh, yeah. Did you finish that big-ass puzzle? That, I mean, I don't know how many you're working on these days. Yeah, yeah. Um I do a lot of puzzles um, right now. So I wasn't working when At I had talked time. to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what was keeping me sane, going to therapy, um, doing my puzzles, trying, uh, you know, con- maintaining a workout regimen, mm. maintaining just some kind of schedule for yourself because you can kind of go crazy. You know, yeah, if you're, without I'm it. just used to working all the time. Um, so, but that break was really important for me. Um, but when I am working, it's hard to do things for yourself because ultimately I, I need to sleep. Like that's number one. Like when I was like, um, uh, when I felt like my mental health deteriorating, um, I was trying to have a social life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sacrificing sleep, um, go, and, going to work. And were you trying to have the social, the social life as a way of mitigating or taking your mind away from the deterioration? Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because okay. it's just like, oh, I can't just do this 80 right. hours a week. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's not healthy. 80 hours. Um, Crazy. And so I was trying to maintain some kind of social life, working out, but ultimately it was sacrificing my sleep. And um, I now know I need sleep. Um, I can't have, I can't even have like, a few um, like beers to go to sleep because, or just like going out to happy hour to go to sleep because that the quality of your sleep significantly right. decreases. 
um, even if I go to bed on time, right? So it's just like, uh, so so that part of the, my social life, going to happy hour, trying to do that, nah, can't happen. Um, working out, it's tough. I'm like dead tired. So like doing things like walking home. Uh, so I said I like taking the train or the bus. 30 minute walk, all right, that's my exercise for the day. Cause I do not feel like doing like a CrossFit class right now or something mm -hmm. like that. How many um, how many floors is the hospital that you work on? Work in, um, I mean. Ten. Ten. Do you ever, if if, if you know, if it's not you know uh, time sensitive, do you ever opt to take stairs as opposed to elevator? Yeah. Okay. Because elevators are trash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought, I thought that may have been a conscious like exercise, like mobility decision. Yeah. It's just because the elevators are trash, meaning they don't work sometimes, or they just smell like. Well, like, what, like, what do you mean by them being trash? Like they're just they, out they of order. Work out of order. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. like that. I mean, no, but still, like, I've always been the person that's gonna take the stairs. Yeah. Um, like over an elevator, um, especially if it's like. Patient priority. Patients to get that. What do people have to? Oh, okay. I was about to say they have to have like some sort of emergency elevators for patients to be able to be brought up in. Like they can't just be. Yeah. So like for the last like people year, up the stairs. <laughs> so for the last year, the main patient elevators were done. <laughs> like they just didn't work. Like, Damn. The hospitals literally like leaking, <laughs> constantly leaking. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! It's like we're like you're trying to get stuff to the people. Not only just to people, but to people that clearly really, really need it. And you're just grasping at straws trying to, like, bro, we don't even have the infrastructure. Like, you guys, the elevator's out. Yeah. This person, I'm putting the order in. They're not putting the order in. Like, we, like, we don't have, that's crazy, yeah. man. This so is like, I mean, health is the most important thing. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not going to... You're not going to want to be hospitalized in these community hospitals in New York. Yeah. This is not... If we go into Inova, yeah. uh, Fair Oaks, one of them hospitals, you're not going to have this experience, any of these, people. Yeah, any of these problems. Those hospitals, I don't know, I don't, I've never worked in Virginia, but those hospitals, I can imagine, are likely well-staffed. Yeah. Um, but after the pandemic, all, all hospitals all across the country took a hit with staffing. Um, but ultimately, yeah, if you don't have the people to run the hospital... Uh, the patients in the hospital are going to suffer. Um, but Yeah, that's super crazy. I imagine. And that's really frustrating. Honestly, I took a, that really affected me in the beginning. It's just like, we can, I can't take care of these people. We, we all can't take care of these people the way they deserve. And that's, that's frustrating. And, and what's even worse than that is, again, the people that come in there, they don't know what's going on. Like, they don't know why they're not being treated the way that they ought to. Yeah. Because they're just there. They're just. It says hospital, so I came here. I hear that hospitals treat people, right? That's what we've been told our whole life. Same thing as restaurants. This is what I can liken it to. Is you go to a restaurant, there are servers there, there are managers there, there are food runners there. I order food, order the food comes to my table. It looks good. It ought to taste good. I eat it. I pay. I go home. I have a good experience. People have no idea when they walk in a restaurant what the fuck is going on in the back of the house. Mm -hmm. They have no idea who just broke a rack of glasses. Now you got to go get glasses from somewhere else. People, food is going is is going in wrong. It's coming out wrong. Some two people called out that day, and they had extremely pivotal positions there. So now people don't know who's 
taking up that role and who ought not be taking up that role because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And you're still trying to run a business. They have no idea about any of that. They just came there, sat down and expect their food to come out the way that they want to. That's it. So going into a hospital and it being like what I've seen a kitchen be like where people are calling out and just staffing was wrong. Like the scheduling was wrong. Somebody wrote it wrong. Somebody put it out wrong. Maybe your 86th things that we call it in, in, um, in food and beverage. I believe that 86, this terminology came from, or at least someone told me this and it was a good story. So I'm gonna keep telling it, (laughs) which is that back in like old New York mobster days. So what is that? Fifties, 40, 30, 50, 40, 50. Anyway, when you think about old New York mobsters, they would, when they were going to kill someone, they would drive them eight miles out from the town and put them six feet under. So, and I don't know how that got to be in the food and beverage industry, but when we say we're out of something amongst each other, not to the guests, but amongst each other, we'll be like, oh, we're 86 ciabatta buns. We're 86 this, you know, fucking aioli or whatever fuck it is. And that lets you know we don't have it. But when you go out there and you have to tell people that you don't have this on the menu or you can't do this, but we have this instead, that's kind of like this. People are just like, what the fuck do you mean you don't have it? Yeah. Like, why, like, why? it's on the menu. Why don't you have it? People get really, you know, stern about things just not being a part of the plan the way that yeah. they expected it to be because it's on the menu. And so I can only imagine what it's like being in a hospital and people are like, yo, do you do you recognize that we're all sick? Like we're sick. With whatever variety of sicknesses we have, why are you all not treating us? Like going into a hospital and they're just being low staff or just low or just, you know, a lack of equipment or something like that is insane. Like to think that people are going through this, that is insane. It's dangerous. Um, But that's the resources that are available to these people. So they rather have that than nothing at all. Of course. Um, But also they don't know that there's one nurse taking care of 10 patients right now. Um, they're just wondering, why am I getting my morning meds at lunch? Um, which is a great question. And they don't want to hear that there's one nurse for 10 patients. Um, the nursing room, shout out to the nurses out there. Like, that's un- so hard. Inpatient nursing, so difficult. Um, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of, uh, a lot of bodily fluids they got to clean up. Um, a lot of, it's, it's really sad like uh, patients will be really mean to the nurses and change their whole attitude when a doctor walks in oh um so uh that's, that's so really not, weird it's challenging for everyone even the patients you know what i mean so um there's we're doing the best we can yep again that's that's exactly what i was about to say it comes back yeah. to just doing the best you can because you have these it's not their fault. This, this trinity, you have this, this doctor, this nurse, and this patient. And clearly, all three of these people have the same goal. Yes. Which is, we're, we're trying to treat this person. Yeah, and this person is trying to be treated. And it, it, hopefully, that they would try to be on their best behavior to try to make sure that that can be done. Yeah. Right? But then it just comes down to communication. Like, how can we all make sure that this thing happens together But we're dealing with so much. This nurse is dealing with nine other patients. This doctor maybe didn't get any sleep throughout the night along with the nurse. This patient maybe also, because of whatever ailment they're dealing with, didn't get any sleep. 
isn't dealing with the best of things in life as a whole. Now you have all these variables coming together at once and you're trying to achieve a common goal. That's fucking crazy. Right? On top of, they don't feel like they're getting the best care. Um, they don't, they talked to the doctor for five minutes today, but they don't know that. And they feel like they need more time with us. Um, or they, they put on that frustration to the nurses. They project that to the nurses and, um, and then so, but they also don't realize, so I guess ultimately we all need to do a better explaining, um, the situation that you're in right now. And it's just like, no, I'm so sorry. You think that you're not getting the best care and you're actually, you're not thinking that you are not getting the best care. Um, but here are the circumstances why, and yeah, I only talked to you for five minutes today, but all I do for the rest of the 12 to hours I'm here is thinking about you. Um, mm -hmm. I'm doing, I'm doing the documentation. Um, so would you rather me being, of course, I always want to listen to what's going on. Um, a lot of it is just listening to grievances, just listening. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to make people feel like they're less important, like ever. Right. But it's just like, I'm thinking about you probably three hours of the 12 hours of the day. I'm constantly working on your case, constantly. They don't know that. Um, yeah. I'm talking to your primary care doctor. I'm following up with all the specialists you need. I'm making sure that your medication is gonna be covered. Um, just to name a few. Like, I'm, I'm working on your case. Just because I'm not in your face doesn't mean I'm not caring for you. Yeah. Like, I'm being mindful with my documentation so the insurance will cover it. I have to be, I have to write certain words and I have to make sure it's right because that's going to affect you in the long run. So what would you rather me do? Listen, listen to your grievance or go do this paperwork you need me to do. Cause there's only a certain amount of time in the day and it sounds really insensitive, but like, but true. I can't sit here and talk to you 30 minutes about your food. Like, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, I was, I have this conversation every now and again with people. This this movie, In Time, with Justin Timberlake. It came out some years ago with Amanda Seyfried. Never saw it, but yeah. It was like their currency was time. Yeah. And so you clocked in to work. You got some more time. And clearly people that were poor, where Justin Timberlake had come from, they were always working on just like a few more minutes. Just a few more minutes. And so they were constantly running from here to there, making sure they could get a few more minutes over here and a few more minutes over there. And they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Like most human beings here, living paycheck to paycheck. And so they're constantly running, constantly running from here to there. There's no walking. There's no taking your time because you don't have time. And then some point in the movie, Justin Timberlake finds himself amongst the, the super elite, the rich people. And he got out the cab when he first got to this place and he started jogging because he's been he's been running his whole life because he's been poor. And then he started looking around and noticed that everyone was just taking their sweet ass time just walking around. And then he slowed up his pace. He went in the first place and got like some dinner and continued on with his, his life. But I've, I've thought about this idea of feeling like you don't have time for shit. And when you don't have time, or at least you feel like you don't have time, you have to make extremely difficult decisions sometimes. 
And this usually comes up for me when it comes to raising children. I don't know about you. I grew up in a household where there was going to be some times where it was just like, boy, I don't got time to explain this to you. Put, put, put your coat on and do this because we got to go. Right? Like this. So there's a million different like iterations of what I just said. Like, well, we don't got to listen because I don't got time to tell you. Just you got to take my word for this one. Do this, do that because I told you so, because it's my house, because I pay the bills, because whatever. Listen, I don't got time to be playing with you. I got to do this. I got to make your lunch. I got to go over here. I got to pick these person up. That even just the way in which I'm saying it is quick, right? Like it's on, it's, it's very high tempo. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't even, I almost don't even have the time to tell you that I don't have the time. That's the sort of time I'm working on. So there's certain care and attention you're not going to give that child because you don't have the time. You don't feel like you have the time to talk them through the, your thought process. Yeah. Right. Even if you knew how to talk them through the thought process, you wouldn't because you don't feel like you have the time to do so. You have to allocate your time. You have to allocate your time between so many different things. And so being a human being is fucking tough. Yeah. Because there's so many things you need. You need your sleep. So what does that mean? For certain people, it means I need eight hours. Yeah. Like, I need eight hours. Okay, so now that's eight hours out to 24. Now what do you need? Like, well, I, yeah, I got to have time for, for me to be in solitude. Okay, well, how much time does that take? Like how, like, and then you start slowly but surely slicing off all this time that a day is for someone. And it's like, well, now how much time do you have in any given conversation to try to be patient and considerate and all of these other things that we've been talking about for this entirety of this conversation? Like, how much time do you have? So I'm I've been more and more considerate of not knowing the type of time that someone else is working on and how they feel about the type of time that they're working on. Mm -hmm. That's something that's been wildly much more of a consideration to me. Yeah, because you have to I, let them know. Yeah, because I just I just don't know. I just I don't know what sort of time people are working on if they feel like doing whatever it is that I'm trying to do, have whatever sort of in depth, complex, intricate conversation I'm trying to have. Like that, if that's a waste of time, like I don't have time for that. Yeah, well, but, you can't. You have to pick and choose your battles. If a patient is um, not taking a medication that's life or death for them, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to go talk to that patient, discuss the risks and benefits, why, their understanding, hey, why don't you want to do this? And it's literally, and like, even if these are grown people, sometimes it's just like, um, well, I just wanted to talk to you. The nurse explained all that to me. Um, but they didn't like the way the nurse explained it. Maybe the nurse ha maybe had an attitude because she's stressed out. And she's like, oh, just take this. I have to go go up to the next patient and medicate them. And it's just like, okay, all right. So I have to go defuse that situation. I will go defuse, uh, I have to triage the complaints, right? I can't go talk to somebody about their chicken. But I will go talk to somebody about why they're not taking their medication because you're going to be in the hospital longer because of that. And, um, and it could be for various reasons. Um, some people just want reassurance. They, they want attention. They want to feel like they're being cared for. Yeah. And if we don't do that, maybe if I didn't do that, um, that person's going to be res resistant to their treatment. Um, just constantly be in the hospital. 
because they don't understand. Um, so you just have to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, I can't, that's another thing, because I'm just going to spread myself thin. I can't, every time I get a page, I can't answer all of them. I'm just like, hey, you got to do the best you can. Um, I'm busy working on this, this, that, and third. Um, I know you're frustrated dealing with that patient, but I'm not coming. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I, I get it. I'm just thinking about t timetables in, in, in people's minds and in people's schedules. Because yeah. I have to get stuff done by a certain time. So, right. Um, yeah. <sighs> like you, you want this service at your house? All right. Well, I got till five o'clock to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been extremely enlightening conversation for me. And I can't imagine, even though I do know that I'm not educated, I can't imagine that it also won't be to a lot of the people listening. Earlier educated. I don't know why you keep saying that. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm educated past the eighth grade level. If, if, <laughs> if, this, is, if this is the standard that we're working with, yes, I, I feel completely fine saying I'm educated. You know how many words you know that I don't like... <laughs> Yeah, but is that but is that educated? Is that what counts for being educated? Knowing words, the way yes. that oh yeah, that counts. Okay, I mean I think that yeah, that's that's something to it. As far as I'm concerned, the, the knowing words thing for me, and the reason why I love conversation. I read this book a while ago. It was something about how aging affects conversation and how conversation affects aging, and it is fascinating. Because I know intrinsically, as I've spoken about on here before, I think with Mikey a little bit as the most recent one, that ideas matter to me a lot, like a, like a lot, a lot, because I know that our subjective experience is just it's the perception that's that's being that is one malleable, as we've spoken about. And that because it is malleable, if you can grant that it can be changed, which it can, because as you go through life, your perception changes, some people more than others, then you, then you can at least start to figure out that there are certain components or certain things that you can do to tweak the perception. And you can even start, if you get good enough, you can start finding ways of just knowing that these are good tweaks. I know if I come over here and I do this thing, it'll probably get better and it'll probably get better. Historically, it is it has taught me that having awesome conversation with people broadens my horizons and makes these new connections in my mind. It may actually be neuroplasticity taking place and I'm having these new neurosynapses in my mind just being exploded and that tax on to a bunch of other ideas that I hadn't thought about before and it just opens my eyes. The, whoever coined the phrase eye-opening is a fucking genius. Because when it happens to you, it actually feels like you've opened your eyes wider. It really feels like you're seeing, just seeing the world in a much broader sense than you were before. It feels like that visually, which is why that was, it's just a wild thing that that person coined. That's that's awesome. Shout out to whoever that was. Um, like, don't you feel like that's kind of some one of the ma major points of life, like having all these epiphanies I've been experiencing? Well, like, I feel that way, but there are a lot of other people that don't want that, and because because that is that is 
that that end that you're talking about having or that journey really is not necessarily an end but of having epiphanies and revelations that allow you to take in more and see more and experience more that is that goes hand in hand with truth and so no i don't i, I don't think that a lot of people want that i don't think a lot of people are going to try to do anything to gain more of that um like you said ignorance is bliss yeah. Right. Some people are just like, no, like I'm totally cool not knowing what's underneath the bed. <laughs> I'm totally like I don't have to see when I was a kid and I heard stories like that. I put my head underneath the bed. That's the kid that I was. Like I wanted to know what the fuck was in it. I was going to wake up in the middle of the night and open up the closet doors and see if there was a monster that was going to hop out. Some people are not doing that shit. I talked about it on another podcast when it comes to psychedelic experiences. There are a ton of rules that usually come with that. And a lot of people will tell you, don't close your eyes for too long. Don't look in the mirror. Don't be around people that you don't know very well. Like these are three very common admonishments that people will give. Hmm. I will close my eyes. I'll look in the mirror. And my very first time I did it with complete strangers. These are not recommended. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was awesome. It was, but I also knew that I went into it not trying to control anything. I, I didn't have bad ideas about what could. I just went into it with an open mind. I was like, oh, I ate these mushrooms. I broke them up and sprinkled them on a McGriddle. I was down in uh, Florida at the time. This is when I lived there for six months. It was terrible. But this was like the one thing that happened down there that was awesome for me. And changed everything. Especially on a McGriddle. It's like one of the best inventions ever. Yeah, it is. What? Like <laughs> pancake buns? <laughs> Who thought of that? Syrup inside? Like them? syrup inside. Like syrup. <laughs> yeah, soaked pancake buns with fucking sausage, bacon, egg, whatever, anything that they put in there. It was amazing. So if you've ever eaten shrooms, you know that those don't taste good because they're fertilized and shit and they're mushrooms. So it doesn't taste good at all. But breaking them down and putting them on a McGriddle, don't taste them at all. And then you go have your beautiful trip. Um, I was talking about my education. Well, the fact is, it's great for me. Ideas are instrumental because I know that if I take words that I know that I'm learning through reading books, I'm constantly looking up new words that, that are in these fucking 18th century books that I'm reading. This is Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. But you know, Charles Dickens, Great Expectations, Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice, any of these, uh, George Eliot or Marianne Evans for Middlemarch, any old super English books, you're going to you're going to need a dictionary to get through them because there's a ton of words that well, either we don't use anymore. Or they were just way too smart. But it, it's a ton of words. It's not to interrupt you, but reading these books is a form of continuing education. Yes. Understood. So the fact that I do them, I know that the more words that I learn and the more that I use them, they make me think about things differently. Like gaining words and putting them together in different sequences make them make me think about things in ways that I hadn't before. And then I have an eye open experience. I'm like, oh, shit, I should continue to do this because this is fun. I've been a collector of ideas in my life like that like that matters to me because i'll think about something very deeply through and through and then i feel like i have a firm grasp on it and then i'll put it away i'll tuck it away it's like 
got another idea. I have another idea that could come up in any space in conversation that correlates and I can draw parallels between a million other different things. And I have this other idea. And like, so I collect ideas like people collect baseball cards. And, And so the word uses that you're talking about. Just I've talked about this before, but this is one of my favorite ones is the word conversation. Right. So this is a word that most people have. Most people know the word conversation. They use it all the time. But this is the way I think about it. I thought about how much I like conversation. And then I thought about other people having conversation and how they see it versus how I see it. I'm like, well, whatever they're doing is different than what I'm doing. We're both we're both having conversation, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it differently. So what is it? What does it mean when I say I love conversation or I, I, this is what I do, right? How can I delineate that from what they're doing? Because if I just use this word, to me, they're using the same word. So we're both having conversation. How is that any different? Well, I happen to know a bit of Spanish. And so that helps a whole lot in, in this particular one because they all have Latin roots. Mm-hmm. So you have Con, C-O-N, which means together or with, mm-hmm. is better, with. And then you have ver, V-E-R, which means to see. So I'm already looking at this word immediately because of this bit of education I've had in the Spanish realm of the act or practice of seeing together. Con, ver, sacion. The act of seeing together. And I thought, oh, well, that's a little different than just speaking to one another. It means that we're making a conscious effort to try to see things together and understand each other and understand each other. That's different than most people's conversations. Then I went and dug a little bit deeper and found out that the word conversation has a very, very deep meaning of this is how they used it. I forgot how fucking far back. But the the word conversation used to mean the way in which one conducts themselves in the world. Which is very different than what we use now. Now we just use things like behavior, conduct, like the like those those are the words we use for that. Yeah. But it used to be conversation. So then when I put that together with the Spanish roots of con and ver, and then I'm like, okay, now I now have a new idea and a new way of expressing what it is I like about conversation and the sorts of conversation I like to be a part of, which is the types of exchanges between human beings that make them see things together and understand things together in such a way that tweaks or changes their behavior or conduct in the world. Yeah. So that was me taking all these different things and coming up with my own new idea about conversation. But the, 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 just the capability of being able to do that, put those together and then say those words aloud it then sparks a completely new idea and new perspective of what conversation is and what it can be and how to continue to augment the levels of it. So that's why we so when you say all these words that you know that I don't know, as far as just knowing words, just to know them, and like that's fine. Like because a lot of people are just very pretentious. Like they just know a bunch of words and they can use them. And I've been I've been this person before, so I, I know that you can just use words simply to try to make people feel dumb, make people feel dumb and yeah. make yourself feel better, puff your chest, right? 
But if you're not using it for that and you're using that to try to find new sequences because it's like a, a, a puzzle, finding new sequences of putting the words together that unlock a new idea in your mind that give you an eye-opening experience and that changes your well-being and understanding of what the fuck it is you're even doing here, that's a completely different way of using words. And, and so can, that's my thing now. Yeah, yeah. And you can better express yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. When you learn the right words. Uh, commonly, when people can't express themselves, they get angry. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. They just get frustrated. Because you talk about, uh, this This has been an idea in my mind for quite some time now, when I used to think about trolls a whole lot, like internet trolls. It was like a good week or so I spent a lot of time just thinking about internet trolling and like what it is and why people do it and where it comes from and how people deal with it. Yeah, it's gaslighting. It's just, <laughs> you, you say, you know, these people are adults when you're talking about the patients. Like these people are adults, but, you know, you got to treat them like this sometimes. Like you have to lay things out for them sometimes like you may a child in certain situations. And it's been my idea or understanding for a long time that human beings, like adults, are just children that kept breathing. They just kept having birthdays and they got older. So you expect because they're taller and wider that they're supposed to be like super smart or mature or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's not that's not reality. It's just they just got older. But it, but it doesn't mean that they grew into this much more mature, emotionally mature, intellectually mature version of themselves. Yeah, they don't. A lot of people don't have those tools. Yeah, exactly. So like that's that's not a, it's not a case at all. So I I I definitely expect for I mean I, I I just try to walk into every new experience with people and just analyze them as they are in that moment. I try not to have preconceived notions. And it's like, okay, whatever data they're going to give me at this time, like, I'm just going to work with that. But there's a very good chance that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, there was some arrested development somewhere. It'd be like that a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something that was held back or maybe wasn't as developed as maybe you would think that a full-fledged adult ought to be working with. But it just, that again, that's just our perspective or our perception of what an adult or a full functioning adult really is. But none of this stuff really exists. Like these are all just ideas. And you don't realize that until you start speaking with people. Yeah. Like a lot. Ideas or ideas outside of maybe ideas, habitual ideas like on a regular basis. Like people aren't gonna um, go outside of that. Like do you kinda I feel I feel like you're kinda a philosopher a little bit. You feel feel like that? Um, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, 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 I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't say things like that about myself, but like, if you ask me philosophizing, taking new ideas, being what Mikey calls a psychonaut, which in its old Greek form is like a, a a mind sailor, Mm -hmm. just people that just try to find new ways of exploring their mind. Uh, and you know, and then juggling new ideas and do finding new, yeah, like that's it's fun for me. Like video games are fun for other people, and roller coasters are fun. Like being in my mind and playing with ideas and coming up with new uh, bits of uh, perspective is super fun for me. Yeah, being introspective is not something that everyone does. Yeah, or a trait that everyone has, and that is a that's a muscle you have to strengthen. Yeah. Um, Because it's hard to think about hard topics. Right. Um, Right. Especially if it's something that maybe has affected you in a negative way or 
maybe you haven't realized that um, maybe your lifestyle is affecting you in a negative way and it's too habitual at this point. Um, but that's why therapy is helpful. Having friends with a jurisdiction to tell you something important that you will receive and respect, um, all that takes practice. Yeah. Yeah, you're damn right it does. It does. And it takes it takes a guide. Like so it's gotta start somewhere. Like someone's gotta have the information because someone's the gatekeeper. Like someone has to help you understand those things. I, I immediately I'm talking like this because I'm thinking about education in the school system and like the things that are or are not being taught to the youth. And again, Mikey's much more of like an optimist than I am, I think, when it comes to people and their capabilities for things. Uh, but I was having this conversation with him the other day. He was talking about thinking things through and cutting off the podcast, cutting off the music, just like being in your car during your commute and just being alone with your thoughts and thinking them through. And it's going to go well for you if you just think them through. And I'm like, you know, Mike, I love you. And I love the way that you're talking about this because you want people to, to explore their minds and explore themselves and think things through. And I think that's awesome. I also think that it's extremely what comes easy to you because, Mikey, you've been somewhat of a genius our whole lives. Like you've always thought differently than everyone that we've ever known. And you've done and every action that you've ever done has been indicative that you think differently than everyone that we've ever known. Thinking things through comes easy to you. You've taught yourself. I mean, again, you have your genetic disposition or whatever, but. Then you come into this world and through whatever other variables, the schools that you went through, the people you were having conversations with, your parents, whatever the case is, you taught yourself or you were conditioned through various things to learn how to think about things. And people don't think that thinking is a real process with real steps that can be honed in on it, but it can, but people don't think about that. Yeah. And so when I read this book, Thinking and Learning to Think, Another of my ideas came to me because I'm going through this whole book that's that's divulging information about what thinking is and how to truly do it. And it's just such a fascinating book. And the more and more you read the book, it's bittersweet. It's one of those things where, again, people wouldn't want to know the truth because there's something kind of there's like a morsel of sadness that comes with truth. And the morsel of sadness that comes with this is the more you read the book, the more you realize people are not thinking. So yeah. the more and more you realize all the different steps of complex thinking, you realize, oh, fuck, this is not taking place normally. And if this is not taking place normally, then what is happening? There's Don't you think in this day and age it's getting better, though? Okay, go for people, it. Tell me how. I mean, people are more mindful. People are okay. more, like, hip to mental health. Okay. Um what that means for them. It's different for everybody. Um, it's, a, it's a journey, of course. Um, it's going to happen slower for some people than others. It's not going to happen at all for some people. Um, I, I mean, I take Mikey's side. I, I'm more optimistic in 2022 mm. um, than in previous years. But then, look, look, sound crazy at the news, mass shootings. Mental derangements, yeah, regular, yeah, now, right. Yeah. However, 
the news is going to broadca- uh, broadcast the most extreme ex- yes. examples they of do how mental health has deteriorated. However, I think it's also improving. I just on this on this one point about media, it is fascinating because this is also something I don't know if people give enough thought to, which is music in lighting in film. I was just having this discussion with uh, Anthony Stokes, actually. Uh, I think we did this on one of the Twitter talk spaces that him and I have been doing now. He was kind of holding Jordan Peele to a certain... He was holding his feet to the fire. He was saying, listen, he's great, he's good, that's cool, but I feel like people don't... Because he puts out these new these new types of horror films that people haven't seen before, they also don't hold him accountable for a bunch of other stuff that he gets lazy on, is what he was saying. I'm not reading so deeply into cinematography so in film, so I wouldn't know exactly what the fuck he's talking about. But what I will say is that I told him, I find something fascinating about a human being like a Jordan Peele that can give you a movie that is almost genreless. There was another movie like that called Parasite. It was like a Korean comedy, drama, thriller, horror type of thing. It was weird. But when you watch movies like that, it shows you that life is everything all the time. Depending upon the angle you shoot it from or you're looking at it from, the lighting, like the camera work, the music being played in the background, all these things are like a filter And then you're looking at it through a completely different filter. So what you could take the same scene cinematically and you can make it a comedy. You can make it a horror. You can make it an action. You can make it a drama. You can make it a suspense. You could do all these same things with the same scene. So when you have someone with that vision that can do that, that's that's fucking amazing. Like, that's a beautiful thing to be able to watch happen in front of you. Um and i feel like that's that's a lot of what is going on in media is you're getting horror stories sometimes and it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. once music was introduced in the news cycle that that meant something like, like no one thinks about like news cycles, like news channels coming on and there being music played during it is weird. Just like music being played during commercials. It's like, what are you trying to tell us with the music behind the thing? Why isn't it just today this happened? It's you have music playing in the background that makes that now cues a certain feeling inside yeah. of me. And now I feel this way about this news message that you're putting up on the screen. It's yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's it's weird things that you're that you're inducing in the human psyche. Telling me how I should feel. Exactly. Like that's that's film and it's the same thing for anything that you're watching. Like it like it all matters. So a lot of time we're just fooled by marketing and, and advertising and, and propaganda. We're just we're just fooled by the way that they present information to us. So I completely understand what you're saying on on that score of them sensationalizing 
certain types of things that people click on and oh God, they're the trying coming they're to trying to get engagement exactly and it's all about the clicks yeah. and the, the you know how long can you get this person to be captivated in your news channel or your news cycle yeah. so that's that's definitely a thing uh, on your last point of do i feel like they're we as a whole are getting better at it maybe i wouldn't know the pool like i wouldn't know how to actually um measure that it's only because i think about again it's the ideas along with the books and the research and the words that help me think about these things and think about if I feel like people are doing this. The one that I come up with and I think is just the easiest to understand, is easiest for me to put together, is thinking about thinking about thinking by thinking about a bicycle. The steps of thinking would be you have a bicycle in front of you and if you're to think about a bike, truly, it goes much deeper than Okay, the word for this is bicycle, and I can use it by getting on it and pedaling, and it'll take me to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think of things like that. I know what it's called, and I know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people's thinking stops around that, that, that space. They don't think, well, what are these things on the bottom? Okay, well, these are called tires. Okay. Well, why is it a circle and not a triangle? Oh, well, I guess a triangle wouldn't work very well. Neither would a square, neither would a... Okay, a circle's pretty good. That's a pretty good shape for a wheel. I guess that makes sense. Okay, well, why is there this, like, metal thing in the middle of it that, like, sort of holds it together? Okay, well, I guess that's there because you're on top of it, so it has to be hard enough to where it doesn't just give out underneath you. That would make sense. Oh, but what's this thing around it? Well, it's rubber. Well, why would they, why would they choose something that's hard in the center, but then... It's like soft on the outside, but it has air in it. So it has some, okay, because you need give in order to go around stuff and go over top of things. Like it would make sense to have give, but also something hard and structured at the center of it. Okay, that makes sense. That's a good wheel. It's a good tire. Okay, that's a, that's a good foundation for a bike. And then you would have, okay, well then on the, on the ends of these bikes, some of them have like these little tassels, these little toggles. Like what the fuck are those for? Or one might think traction. I don't fucking know, but one might think traction in different areas. Maybe it's the snow, maybe it's dirt, it's mud, whatever, but it's traction. Then you would have to think about every other part of the bike. So that's just a tire. It's just a tire. You'd have to think about the chain. You'd have to think about the, the pedals, the frame, the... Maybe you got a fucking honk honk on there. You got a little horn. You got the steering wheel. You have to think about all these different things. And that's just thinking about the bike and the different components of a bike. Now, this bike analogy could be used for an idea in your mind. It doesn't have to be a tangible thing. It's just you thinking about something. So that bike is representative of everything in the world, just this bike. Then the next step of thinking after you get done with all of that thinking is what parallel can I draw between this bicycle and anything else in life? Like, like what what does the tire and the chain and the frame and all of this working together to make this bicycle how does that correlate with anything else in life how can i weigh these two things how can i pit them together how can i compare them because then you get done thinking about something and it gives you intuition about thinking about other things because everything in the world is connected like it's just like there's not a ton of shit that just like it has nothing to do with anything else in no way shape form fashion so so that's how you extrapolate information. So then you start thinking about other things. Okay, well, I have this wheel over here and I have this wheel over here. 
Okay, they're not the same, but something tells me because I understand this wheel over here, I have some basic understanding of what this wheel over here is like, even though they do some different things over here with this wheel. So that, so then that's the, the next part of, of the thinking. So when you ask me if I feel like we're all getting better at doing this, my initial and like just responsive answer is no. No, I don't think that people think about daily routines and things in their life on that level. I, I don't. And that is the full process of thinking. So I think people think on various levels and they think some things out deeper than others. But no, I don't think that people think about ideas uh, that deeply. I think that it's much easier to to uh, flock yeah. flock with the herd, you know, and continue doing what you've been doing, continue doing what you've been doing, listen to people that you feel like you can listen to. And just, there are going to be other people that think about stuff. I like the way that they talk and the way that they look. So I'm just going to believe what it is they have to say. Cause maybe again, going back to time, maybe I feel like I don't have the time to try to think about all these ideas and these policies and these things through. So I'm just going to, or I don't have time to change my life. I don't have time to change my life. So I'm just going to hope for the best. Like you said, do my best. Whoever these politicians or whoever it is that has authority over me in life, it could be a boss. I'm just going to hope that they do their best and that they treat me right. Because, again, I don't have the time to try to fix things or I don't feel like I have the time to fix things or thinking is just fucking difficult in the first place. Yeah. So, no, I don't I don't necessarily I don't I don't really think that that's the case because I speak to a lot of the people you're kind of talking about that seem quote unquote woke people love to say right and they they hit a lot of buzzwords so they say enlightenment they say consciousness they say inclusivity they say equity like they say a lot of wonderful words that people say these days but then when you get into questioning their epistemology like how did you get to that word like how do you know what you know i want to know how you think you know what you know Right. When you start asking those sorts of questions about people's process, you very quickly and frequently find out that people don't know how they got to where what they think about yeah. something. They heard it. Sounds nice. They heard it. And it sounds nice. It's usually yeah. the answer. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it starts with baby steps. Yes, Maybe it does. Just hearing it and it sounding right might cause someone to manifest um, yeah. enlightenment. Um, I think so. But also like the stuff isn't a destination it's a journey yes um there's people having these moments of enlightenment when they're like double our age you know what i mean yeah and like yeah maybe it's unfortunate that it took that long but but that's a part of the journey and it happened but it happened let's be grateful for that let's i mean let's not forget all the people like that have joined therapy since 2020 Mm. like has exponentially increased like they need an applause um, yeah, it's very true. Um, people who um, are okay for an example. Do it. Um, you doing this podcast is gonna cause some eye-opening experience for for people, right? Um, so. I don't know how many people listen to your podcast, but the, that's a whole audience that is now going to be more enlightened because you have these conversations so deeply. 
every week with your guest. Um, so I have hope for your audience. I have hope for the, the patients that I see. Um, I have, try not to look at the negativity, I have hope for everyone um, who is comfortable sharing their mental health stories um, on whatever platform they feel comfortable with. But you're always um, gonna run in to people that might not be as enlightened. Um, you can learn from them. There's all, that's another um, opportunity to learn. Um, however, it's a journey and everyone just has to keep trying. Um, maybe if you see someone like close to you, like I remember I was trying to like open up uh, to friends about like uh, maybe why I'm not being myself completely um, and was totally being vulnerable and was told that what I was going through and what I was feeling was some bitch shit. Yeah, that's, yeah. So. Not verbatim, but. No, verbatim. Oh. That's bitch shit. Anxiety is bitch shit. Depression is bitch shit. Oh, you can't do that. A friend said this. It's bitch close, shit. Is close cr friend. It's crazy. So, there's people that are gonna think that. <laughs> Let them think it. I'm not gonna be there no Damn. more. Damn. I'm not we're not going to be close no more. So, and so yeah, there's going to be And this is like, like that, someone that's our but, age, like in our age range, like this wasn't someone that was like 65 years old cuz you know some of these old people they just, you know, they they came from a harder time, so they might say something like that. Yeah. But but this is like a person something in, in between mental, the age of 25 and 37. Yeah, who's in a profession where yeah, mental health is a huge result of the stuff they go through. Um, so anxiety and depression being bitch shit. See, you know, but you, but no rational person, like no reasonable person, takes that person seriously. From this is why I think that it may hurt still, of course, but you don't take their logic seriously because there's no logic behind it. I never liked. I had someone ask me what sort of comedy I liked the other day. I found myself liking people that could be funny, but also didn't have to be crude. Like, I, I, I like when people, it doesn't mean you have to explain the joke. That's not what I mean. What I mean is you found a way to be eloquent and crafty enough and witty enough to, to, just, to just get through a joke gracefully and articulate what you want at like a high level. And that could just mean with an economy of words. So you don't have to be a super wordy person, but you found a way to make your jokes concise. But there's something that backs it up because behind the best jokes is truth. Like if you're just saying things that like no one can really relate to, cause it's like, that doesn't really happen. Like, what is he talking about? It's not going to be funny. You like the joke, like the, I don't think the, it was a joke. The motivation behind... Well, no, what I'm saying is the motivation behind comedians is you want people to be able to continue to point out what's weird and absurd about the world around us. We don't want to get too stiff and take ourselves too seriously, which is the job of the comedian to be like, come on, guys, like this is stupid, right? Like We can all point at this and say that we live in a stupid way by doing X, Y, and Z. It's why we love comedians or people that love comedians. That's why we love comedians for pointing out the absurdities of life. But there has to be something substantial behind the joke or else the joke falls flat. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is 
this person that said, yeah, that's bitch shit. I'm not saying that that was a joke from them. What I'm saying is I couldn't take that seriously because there's nothing to substantiate that. When you just say things like that's bitch shit, there's nothing like intelligent about that at all. Yeah. Like there's nothing intelligent about it at all. Like what is that? What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that falls flat. That falls completely flat. Yeah. So there's people that aren't going to believe in that stuff. I think, I, you know, I think I've heard you talk on one of your podcasts about like people thinking meditation is like the devil. Yeah. Yeah. They just said, yeah, that, that, that was a thing. That's going to be a certain population of people, but I see growth. Yeah. Well, that's good. Society. Well, no, that's good. That means that you're in the right profession. Yeah, right. Because it would, it would, that would clearly clash with it what would. it is you do. Conflict if, of interest. Yeah, if you were just like, yeah, nah, man, we got nothing going on out here. I don't know how people are going to make it, but then you go back to work. That wouldn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, again, this has been super enlightening for me, and I think it will be for the listeners as well. This is this has been interesting. I had no idea, as I told you before, what this was going to be. I love it that way. So it was interesting enough? Not boring. Was it interesting <laughs> enough? Yeah. you See, you got to listen to it back. Okay. I don't know, again, like what's going on in your mind as this is happening. This has been a pretty wild ride of a lot of different sorts of information, well, vulnerability, storytelling. Yeah, just, you know, me and my weird ideas about things and us coming together. Yeah, this is this has been awesome. Thank you. So we got RJ on here and then his cousin right afterwards. Who else who else can we get over here from your family? Who what's Carissa up to? <laughs> Raising kids? Yeah. How many kids she have? Everyone's popping them out. Like since I've been home, I've seen like Kelsey's new daughter, uh, her kids, um, Sanford had kids. Oh like, wow. his kid. Um like uh, I mean everyone's Sanford's in the area? Uh, no, no, no. Sanford is in New York. Oh, he's in New York. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's moving to Texas, actually. So oh, wow. He Where at? Be around here. He, you know, his family don't live here no more. Sorry, nobody's worried about him. It's fine. Uh, you said a lot of cool things towards the end there. You know that we do last words. Okay. I don't know if you want that to serve because you just went on like a, a slight little monologue at the end of everything you just had to say. Or do, would you like to have some, some last words for the people? Um, any last words? I mean, go to the doctor. How how long have we been doing this? Uh, this has been a little over two. This is a oh wow! It's about two hours and forty minutes. Oh really? All right, cool. <laughs> any insane. last words? Go to the doctor. Get your mind right, even no matter if anybody in your life is not supporting you. Fuck them. Go get your mind right. <laughs> um, whatever that means to you as well. Like, be open to the resources that are available. Part of the resources. Read your explanation of benefits and your insurance. Therapies included. Most time. Mm. Okay? I only got maybe a copay. Therapy is included in insurance. I go for free. Oh yeah, I can't wait cuz I've been I've been uh, <laughs> uh famously known on here now for not having insurance for a long time. I'm getting insurance and I'm about to bust in to the therapist's office. <laughs> oh. Oh, I just, but I want to go to a place. I don't know if I want to do I don't want to do it virtually. Like I want to go to a place. 
I know yeah. that a lot of it's virtual these days. It's easier to do it virtually. Oh, it's just easier. But, um, it's like easier for scheduling for the therapist and clearly, yeah. Yeah. But do what you want to do. Yeah. Like I if know. it's going to be more meaningful to you to do it person. Yeah, I definitely want to pop in there and just just talk. It's yeah. fun. I, what are you kidding me for me i mean sometimes it's not fun i had uh, i had to do some intensive trauma therapy that's yeah. not fun uh, but overall you learn things about yourself right it's fun yeah learning things about yourself is fun. yeah yeah i want to do that <laughs> okay yeah i want to do that all yeah. right after you go through the hard stuff yes uh, use a condom <laughs> not a see joke. see not i know i know and that's the thing that's hilarious is is you this is the, these are the filters again that i'm talking about it's it one it's your delivery because there's a long pause <laughs> and then it's use a condom use a and, condom and people. and again in the best jokes there has to be truth to substantiate it so the delivery seemed jestful but the message is no you wear a condom please do it. I've been an advocate for condoms for a very long time, no matter what friends or acquaintances have said and what was ever cool because of whatever was being said on rap songs. I've always said, bro, I don't I don't care if it feels better. Put the condom on, especially if you just one of these ones that's just out here in the world. Listen, I was out there. I know. If you out there and you know what it means when I, I'm not even going to explain it, you know what I'm talking about. If you out there, please, please protect yourself. And those are going to be my last words. Protect yourself, your mind, your heart. Your peace. Your peace. All right. This has been episode 124. Woo. 124 of these things. That's amazing. It is. Peace, everybody. Bye, guys. Peace.